Hello, and welcome to episode eight. We made it. Of Decoding Devs. We made it. We oh, yeah, made to, it. Wait, you have to introduce me. <laughs> we don't it's try. okay. <laughs> I am your host, Michelle. Yeah. With me is your co-host, my son, Colin. Hello. Yo, yo. Well, we've had a little bit longer of a break than a week. Has We're it been a little longer than late a week? getting this out? Has sorry it been about, longer than a week? Yeah, sorry about that. Oh. Um. Whatever. But hopefully it'll be worth the wait because, wow. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's the finale. It is of devs. Which honestly, okay, yeah, it's it's an it's an eight episode long show. The finale doesn't even feel like a finale. Like when Lost's finale came out, I was like, <gasps> like this is like the last. You know what I mean? But this just felt like, all right. To me, I'm speaking honestly. Well, the first time I watched, it, I was just like, "Cause it's only right, been a couple of months." Well, yeah, I know. Um, but it's just it's interesting because every other show, I feel like I've always experienced like that hype. You know what I mean? Like of it being the last one. But this, I was like, "Man!" Like by episode eight, I was like, "This show's in the books." You know what I mean? Like it could have ended with episode six, and I would have been fine with it as a work of art. I still it's, like, feel crazy like good. N- no one watched this show. I mean, yeah. I know people. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. know people watched it, obviously. But they're you're, but like, the hype of a, a Game of Thrones or a, nah, or a, idiot. not even close. Yeah, I mean no. Yeah. This show deserves to be, in the in the uppermost levels of the zeitgeist, and it just mm. never even. Same with Legion. This is the same thing. It it's, never even cracked into the at all. I don't feel like like no I one, would, no one watched it mad. until every episode was out. And then there was like a few people. Maybe right, that's what it who was. tell you that it's great. And I'm like, but Maybe. that only seems to have started happening after the show was already completely completed. That could be because just looking at our um, listeners ah, and yes. like the, the fans, the fans. Well, no, just looking at like <laughs> the stats and stuff. It did look like, first of all, I think it took uh, a while for this to come on overseas and um in other countries so all of a sudden we got a not a surge i don't even want to say a surge uh, <laughs> we got a small little wave of listeners yeah when that happened i think and then i think you're right i think people like to i think people like to binge things once yeah. everything's out but this That's is the not way. a binge show that yeah. irks me i've been advising people try not to binge this you really need to sit in it for like well, we didn't really. I wouldn't say we did that. We would have binged it. I feel like if this came out all at once. Well, I mean, we would have binged it because we just couldn't help it. But well, yeah. I don't think we you have to rewatch it. I think is what you're trying to say. Maybe no. Maybe this, that's I a just, different thing, I guess. I don't. Mind. I binging is not for every show, and it is yeah. not for this show. I don't. Yeah, feel. binging is for like friends. Yes. <laughs> like when it's. Like when you get one good thing out of a fifty-minute episode, that is when you binge. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Half-hour comedies, fine. Yeah. Away. Yeah. But shows like this and like Russian Doll, mm-hmm. not a good binge because I did binge that and now I'm rewatching it again and I'm realizing like, oh, I should not have binged the show. It's you're. I should have taken my time with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's go because yeah, we need to talk about this episode because this is basically the final statement. I mean, yeah, but um, so will we, will we be doing uh, two extras or one extra? extra? Oh, yeah. Let's just briefly talk about that. We think we're what we're going to do is um, 
do an episode nine of Decoding Doves where we really try to bring things together and talk about what we really think the big statements were okay, or yeah. what we think they were. Mm-hmm. In and one episode? Yeah. I think we can do it all in one hour mm. and a half to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, huge discount. I don't know, man. Anyway. I doubt but, that. Yeah. So I think there will be an episode nine of, De- of Decoding Doves, just FYI, if you care at all. Yeah. To listen to what we think, like, the big statements were. I personally think... How I'm many gonna do, are there, man? I'm. I personally think this is a heck of a very um, interesting hero's journey. Sure. And I want to talk a lot about that. All right, I'll let you handle that. <laughs> but a lot of other things too, like a lot, just the other, the the big themes and stuff. But yeah, let's get going on this episode. I can talk about like the sci-fi of the show. Sure. That's cool. Okay, um, so we open. So I believe it opens. I have my trusty laptop. Okay, so that's actually the first shot. We open with a very short montage in comparison yeah, to the other one. Yeah, it's definitely ones. the shortest one. But dang. The impact. The impact. The second. Yeah, yeah it is the first. We see the first shot. Yeah, dude. Of the crashed um, little cubicle thing. There's some bodies in there. And there's some bodies in there. It's and a it's rhombus. R- it's like a rhombular It's shape. real, not a perfect box anymore it's all kind of messed up Mm -hmm. and the red and the gold it's just beautiful yeah it's cool and then we hear the voice of our well yeah we have this cool this is interestingly enough we have these subtitles on and we can see that it says there's machinery humming in the soundtrack which honestly it doesn't sound like machinery but that'd be really cool if it was like machinery making the sound of like human breathing well that's what i was i have it written down here breathing sounds pulsing light it's alive. <laughs> Look. Yeah. It says right there. It's alive. Oh. It's alive. It is alive. It's like a heart beating. It is alive. For sure. It, it is working mm-hmm. and stuff's happening. And we're going to find out um, later exactly what that is. Yeah. But that's what it made me think of. Like, this thing is a breathing entity now. And that's mm. crazy. It's just kind of like... It's going. It's not under anyone's control anymore. It's Yeah, it's, interestingly enough, it's like not it just exists now. <laughs> it's just living its life here. Yep. It's programming. Um, okay, so after it's this slowly shot, zooming in like always and then it We edits. see our friend Stuart played by the name that I wrote down this time because I have a problem with triple names. Mm-hmm. Stephen McKinley Henderson. Delivering another banger. Please, someone <laughs> yeah. nominate this man for yeah, yeah. some kind of award mm-hmm. and put him in everything and give him <laughs> give him audiobook. He's got to live, bro. <laughs> give him audiobooks. Give him narrating anything just or acting and anything. He is in Run. He had a teensy tiny little cameo it. part in run on hbo like i thought he was going to be a main character but sadly no he was just like briefly in this one little scene Mm -hmm. oh my god i love him so much but anyway he starts um narrating yeah first line and i am not a poetry like person i'm not that smart that i sit around and read well hold on hold on before we actually get into the poetry though notice how cool it is that like it edits like the box is slightly off center with the shot, and then it like edits right to the box, like a square being right in the middle, but it's surrounded with like black 
and like slightly dim lit gold. And he's around standing it. in there just ominously. And and in this shot, the next shot, total Fibonacci uh dimensions here. Like you can totally see how like the line like it's like thirds and it's oh. like he's standing like not in the center. Not in the center. Or like on or behind the larger pane of glass. It's like right in between hmm. the uh well, you'd the have middle to, sections. You'd which have is... to do some Fibonacci. No, no, no. You can math tell. for me. You can you can clearly tell that this is like I take this distance and I add it to a, like double that. It's exactly. Oh, maybe so. Interestingly enough. Hmm. Wonder why. <laughs> anyway, yeah. can I please just get my one iota of a kudo for immediately knowing the Falcon cannot hear the Falconer is the second coming by. Yates, please. Is that, so it's, is that what it's called? The Second Coming? That's the name of the poem. The Second mm. Coming. And I knew that poem from That's the cool. first line. I was very proud of myself because I don't... Yeah, not... he... Wait, what's his name? Bates? Yates. Uh, Yates, yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. Alan, Alan, wait. Uh, William Butler. William Butler. William Butler Yates. That's a hard word. Hard name. Um, yeah, oh, he's, I got he's whole... quoted from Tool like all the time. Oh, is he really? Mm-hmm. I got a whole page on him. And Alan Watts. Yeah. Very interesting, this whole poem. That's so, cool. I see that. it's called The Second Coming. Might as well Coming. go on with it. Are but, we going to talk about it in, in tandem with the visuals, or do you want? Do you just want to take it away? I just want to talk about the poem first. Oh, okay. Yeah. So good. it's, an, again, just like um, Obad was kind of edited. This one is edited, too, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't read the whole poem. It would be way too long. Sure. But um, this particular poet yates this is so interesting that i found out i gotta find my page okay so he wrote this post-world war ii or sorry post-world war one oh and just learned about that in history by the way dude had a whole theory on kind of how the universe works oh boy he <laughs> yeah, believed that's that, why I do it. he believed Duh. that history was determined by fate that fate revealed its plan in moments when human and divine interact. Oh. And he came up with this this I I think I'll try to put the picture of the Geyers in our show notes if I can possibly figure out how to do that. The Geyers? The the in this poem, the actor doesn't read this part, but in the poem it talks about Geyers, which What's a Geyer? It's like a cone within a cone oh but the, it it's so bizarre i can't even i don't even know how to explain it it's like his theory of how the world works basically and how history works and when you look at a picture of a guy or like he actually would like had a whole theory about this like art pictures yes of, okay when you look at a picture of what it's a cone he, in a cone it, that is a terrible terrible concentric cones is that what you're saying you know, I took a picture of it. I'll I show you. I might be you. able to describe it better than Maybe. you. Maybe. <laughs> I'm kind of a doofus. But, um, Never heard of that before. I feel like I should have heard of that. This is what it looks like. Now, tell me that doesn't look like kind of the structure of the core of, of the devs machine. Um, I, I honestly can't visualize it in my head, but yeah, I would, I would define. Okay. So they're, they're like, they're. So a, a gyre is not like filled in cones. No, like it's that? like a okay. spiral. But the spiral like meets in the middle, but then proceeds kind of along their own trajectory. 
kind of to complete but, themselves. But the deal was, he just thought um, time was cyclical. Yeah, it definitely. And is. history is cyclical and predetermined by fate. Feminazi sequence, bro. The golden ratio, man. It's and this particular thing. poem is about um, change in history and kind mm. of an apocalyptic, ominous. Um, the best vibe. <laughs> vibe about, yeah, it's a vibe about, you know. Like Revelation. God being. Like society getting away from its spirituality and becoming mm. separated from it. That's what the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Basically, that's what that's about. Like the falconer is our spirituality and we are the falcon and we're just spiraling and spiraling and spiraling away, not listening to things that are supposed to ground us to oh. spirituality. All right. So what's the falconer? Spirituality? Yeah, like our... Our grounding? History, maybe? No, no, no. It's, like I just said, the falconer... Sorry, it's confusing. The falconer is spirituality. We are the falcon, and we are just spiraling away okay. from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and history yeah. is... So it's like personifying spirituality. I guess. Interesting. But... There's like, like you know, that. in this poem when it talks about the beast, the beast is like that scary thing that's coming and it's the going thing on the other side, basically the eat our souls, I guess. Yeah. And take it away. All right. All right. So. That's cool. <laughs> Do you just want to read the whole thing? No, I didn't. I don't have the whole thing. No, just what what's written. So that we can oh, get that in says. the ears of the people. So yeah. he says, yeah, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. The best lack all conviction. The worst are full of passionate intensity. I like that one. What rough beast. It's our come round at last. Slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. It's ominous AF. I don't get that last part if I'm being totally honest. The beast. It's our come round at last. Slouches toward Bethlehem. Oh, is it like. Oh, that's interesting. So it's almost like saying it's like it's it's comparing like the beast to Jesus? Yes. Oh, like whatever the beast is, that, whatever That would be the new spirituality? Yes. Oh, exactly. I'm on so, to you, technology dog. in other words in this as it oh. relates to doves. Yeah. All right. Is taking over ours, man. Our spirituality. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't think about that for sure. That's a complicated one. That's a complex and deep metaphor. For sure. And obviously, I, totally I that. can't do it justice the way that um, Stephen McKinley. I'm just going to call him SMH. I'm much <laughs> more likely. I'm much more likely to remember the letters than I am the whole names. Sure. SMH. So is, shall we talk about the visuals that accompany this then? Yeah. So we've already talked about the crashed cubicle and and Stuart standing at the precipice. Um, so then it on. cuts to um, Lily, who is so, all silhouetted. All the next visuals, pretty are much an entire. Yeah, you can you can make out very little details of her with this pulsating light behind her. Interestingly enough, you also to notice she's in focus, though. She is. In you focus. can't see it's her, but blurry. she's in focus, and mm -hmm. then the background's blurry. So when you continue, it says things fall apart, and then it fades away, and then it shows Jamie, Jamie right? Jamie in the same type of way. Yeah, silhouetted, in focus, background's a little blurry. 
and then blinks away again. The center cannot hold. It shows Lily again. Okay? She's still in focus, right? And then we get that, which is completely blurry. I don't even really know what that is, if I'm being... I think it's Stuart. I think it's Stuart, because he stands at an angle sometimes. I don't think it's Stuart. I think it's two people. It's two people, because then in a second... Yeah, you see that second you person see them grow separate, off. <laughs> but when you look at that image just yeah. frozen, look at it. It looks like yeah. a demon or something. It does kind of with the with the Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It really like does while it's blurry like that. Who the direction of this uh and it's just so in the whole all the images are pulsating like it's breathing. Yo, or sorry, there's like a pipe popping behind me. <laughs> You're definitely gonna hear that. Oh, it's barely audible. I can hardly hear it. Okay. That's our someone's using the hot water upstairs, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh. Anyway. So, so yeah, this pole pulsating thing just makes me think it is independently alive. Yeah. See, it's two people. They separate. Yeah. Sure. So honestly, who hugs later on like that? I guess. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I. I mean, there's no one else that hugs in this episode, so. I guess, man. Well. Forrest does. Who's he hug? The uh, her, his family. I'm assuming. Mm. I don't think it's him though. I'm pretty sure you can tell I, it's I two it's people the same height. I think it's who we see hug and... at the end. All right. Okay, so then it cuts to this freaky, freaky effect. Like, oh, this weird effect. Yeah, it's cool. Of Forrest in this extreme close-up in some kind of a weird dimensional space like, that know. we haven't seen before. I don't know what's up with the specs, man. I I don't know what that's supposed to be. It's just so creepy. But the t- the the line of the poem over his face is the worst are full of passionate intensity. Of course, of course, dude. Yikes! So this dude Judge, is just this this judging Forrest all of a sudden very harshly. I mean, yeah, I guess. But also, you gotta commend this man's ability to set text. It's so impressive, man. Like just taking a poem and being able to just recite it over visuals and like make it work like that is a hard skill musically speaking i have a terribly hard time i have a i have a terribly hard time writing with text like super hard time and to see it like he does it in every episode it's like he takes poetry and he makes it fit like so well it's crazy man he's kind of a Master. It's maniacal, man. He's a master. At, <laughs> at, at that, that's for sure. He did. He did write books. Which I was makes gonna sense. say he's a writer, so that would probably help. Okay, now poor Amaya, I guess, is our beast. The beast. Um, we see Amaya so cool. in her in a white top with diamond designs on it, and she turns around right when he says the beast. By the way, and it says the beast. Cool. cool. What rough beast? It's our come round at last. Slouches toward Bethlehem. As she's walking, she's so cute. Um, and then we see the cubicle moving across and then it comes up, the camera comes up and over the top of it mm-hmm. as it's moving across, which is 2001. killer. <laughs> 2001. Uh, okay. So just one second. It's cool though. It hits it and then it like edits to the title. Like it, right when it hits the entrance, it's like, boop. <laughs> Perfect. As always. Yeah. Okay. Pause that for a second. I found out, I told you this earlier, but I want to say that last week when we were talking about all the diamond shapes that were in oh, yeah, Forrest's ahead. house, and then there's a bunch of diamond shapes inside the projection room, 
and I just noticed them on Amaya's top. Mm-hmm. I found out that I want to say it's in the Book of Kells, but it's in some sort of, if it's not the Book of Kells, then it's some other sort of manuscript that the monks used to toil away on. Um, toil away. Making it very beautiful <laughs> with like that's cool artwork and stuff. And they actually used a diamond shape to represent Christ in the artwork that they did. That's cool. And I never knew this word before, but apparently the old timey word for diamond shape is lozenge. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know why you keep telling things me that. you didn't know because I'm oh, okay. like, what? <laughs> yeah, don't you use the me. word lozenge for like the things we like, like cough drops. Yes. How did that happen? I'm I like... don't know. <laughs> I mean, I have a lozenge right here. It's kind Ooh. of, di- it's like an oval shape. It's not even diamond shape. Sure. Anyways, that's your new word for the day. In case you didn't know, <laughs> you can use Yay. the word lozenge to describe a diamond shape and then everyone will be like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a lozenge <laughs> didn't you know diamond shape is <laughs> yeah. called a lozenge yeah yeah okay oh yeah and as she's moving across that space it says the last line is to be born mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay then we get the title card title card and then it goes to the right behind lily we see her walk in the doors slowly open and everything's pulsating it's like we've always seen it and the music. Is it still breathing or there's music too? The It's still breathing. It's still breathing. But there's also like an additional <sighs> score over it, which is actually kind of like mechanical, like actually. But she's walking all around. She walks around the machine and gets closer and closer as she is spiraling. She's the falcon. Towards it. Yeah. She's the falcon. Okay. So she. Um... Ooh. What? <gasps> all right. What? Here we go. <laughs> Here we like, go. Three hour long drink episode. My, drink my tea while you All right. So off. during this entire scene so far, we are two minutes and 33 seconds into the scene. The moment it starts, we get this music. We get the breathing thing, but mm-hmm. we also get this alternating interval. And it's a minor third. I just sang it in my head when you were talking. I'm sorry. I know I should be focusing <sighs> on it. But I was like, what is that interval? I feel like that's important. You know, you know what a minor third is? It's the Alleluia interval. Is it? I mean, yes. Sing the, the classic Alleluia. Oh, Amen, you mean. Or Amen. Uh, yes. Yes. You sing it. You're the music major. I can't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> any one of y'all, man, sit down on the piano and pull up a pull up an old chant But maybe they don't know what it is if they don't ever, ever, they've never gone to church. Maybe they don't know. Do I have something You're down here? You're going to make here? me sing it, aren't you? No, do I have something down here? No. I might have something. You have a cowbell. I see a cowbell. <laughs> I, I do have a cowbell. <laughs> and a snare practice pad. Um, I don't think you can do it on that either. You don't have a keyboard like, plugged in. Ooh, ooh. Amen. Like, you know, it's like classic. Okay. It's a thing, man. It's a thing. Okay, it's like I the believe Amen. I interval. believe you. And it's just alternating back and forth. Interestingly enough, is it's the opposite of a Picardy third, too. For you know, we've been talking about the Picardy third, it's the opposite of that. Oh, is it? But it still means like holy. It's got that vibe exactly like the poem, right? It's, it's like it's, it's 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 sacred, but it's also dark, you know, at the same time. Mm. Which is cool. Dang. It just keeps going, bro. It just keeps going. Anyway, let's keep going. So <laughs> she's walking around it, right? Look. Like Amaya's on all the little screens, of course, because she's got to be around. Yeah. Observing everything going on. Yeah. Yeah. So she's very slowly spiraling, circling towards 
the core of the machine and then she notices kind of creepily that the door the the door to the projection room is ajar right after she puts herself right smack dab in the middle of a square yeah (laughs) (laughs) with her face which is backlit and then lit and then backlit because it's pulsating yeah it's cool how it constantly alternates between backlit and frontlit yeah and then as it's lit you can see this door like lighting up red pretty much dude this music bumps it bumps man so many rectangles i don't even remember what the music is during it's just really pretty the breathing is still going on and then it stops when she opens the door oh the breathing yeah stops yep it's totally silent so good okay so forrest is in there and this is (laughs) the funniest thing he's just like hi lily (laughs) like he's half drunk or asleep or just not even like caring anymore he's just whatever we you know obviously expecting her i mean how would you feel if you knew everything you'd just be like oh, i guess it doesn't really I matter know. well plus he knows like what's about to happen in the next half an hour or so i guess mm-hmm. also this is a really cool shot so it cuts you know you see that image of him sitting down and you see the gold behind him right the, the square window and then it cuts to be behind forest now right and on the left you can see kind of this like dark in the negative space where there's a window and then on the right you see bright white which shows Amaya, which Amaya. is cool. Just a cool contrast there. And then, like, this dark red. Just dark red. Just trust us. Every single shot in this entire freaking episode is a painting. Oh, yeah. And is gorgeous. You kidding me, man? And is in, so freaking perfect what? that I what? can't even... The whole even... show, man. Maybe the whole show, but specifically this episode... Mm. Mm. You, it's like, I, I say this about Ryan Johnson stuff too. You can pause this episode literally I, that, that's at true. Any, <laughs> any second. That is true. And print that out and it's a piece of art and you can hang it on your wall. It's, the composition is so meticulous and everything so looks so amazing. It's so good. Right. So we're going to try to refrain from explaining every single shot because. Why though? Because this is a, not a visual medium. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. But do note the diamonds on the walls in the projection. Room. Of course. Yeah. So okay. literally consisting of the wall. Like yeah. it is the, the whole wall. wall are giant diamonds. Yeah. Okay. So this conversation obviously is important. They start talking and um, <laughs> Lily is very. She's dumbfounded right now. She She's just, just is numb. so distraught. She doesn't even. So numb. I don't know what I am anymore. No, I can't. I don't make decisions. I don't make choices. I don't. I follow a path I can't see. Like, she just doesn't even know what to think and accuses Forrest of taking everything from her. And in true Forrest deterministic style, (laughs) I don't want to sound, you know, unsympathetic, but I haven't taken anything from you because I can't take from you what you never had. And I kind of wanted to punch him at that point. Dude, but he's not wrong. I know. Well, in his opinion, he's not wrong. Well... Um, and then he goes on to explain how free will is an illusion. You live your life as, like a movie. Mm-hmm. You just watch it unfold. You think you're participating, but it's really so you're not. It's so ironic because we're watching the TV show. The whole show. So ironic. The whole concept of that and the fact that we're it's watching meta. them on a screen. So meta. And they're watching themselves on a screen. Dude, I gotta think And that somebody could be watching us on a screen. Right <laughs> All right. It's I, so messed up. I gotta think that that's where Alex Garland started. Like, what if I made a show 
about a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if I, what if we were the show? That's what he started with. And he went with it. How I mean, he's definitely not the first one to come up no, with this no, no, type no. of a concept. I mean, existentialism is kind of the point. But right? just, just the fact that he's saying, Spun like, it. we're going to sit here and watch ourselves on a screen in a minute. And, and I'm just telling you, like, you've been watching yourself on a screen your whole life. You just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Now you know. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. So he you begins know. to basically explain the entire show which, yeah. in a nutshell yeah which is nice I determinism think. yeah in case you in case you weren't following here i'm gonna give it to you literally here i'm handing it to you although to be fair we've literally been handed what the show's about i think our this entire podcast has been dedicated to explaining how every moment of this show explains the show I think and so that's too. why it's brilliant it's brilliant but you know way. what's cool though they haven't been it's not spoon-fed no well it's not spoon-fed, and it's also not overwhelming. Never, dude. Because, I mean, yeah, I guess it isn't. Because mm-hmm. they've just given us just the right amount of information per episode hmm. to follow what the hell yeah. is happening. Dude. Because at first you think the show is about spy stuff. Right, man. Like, and this espionage. Is this is what I was going to get to. He, Forrest, delivers what the show is about in that monologue he gives to sergey when he's escaped when he does that's the show yes it is he says everything is deterministic everything's on a tram line blah 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 blah. this is forgiveness like everything is in the show everything in the show is in that 30 second monologue it's crazy but at the time we're sergey and we're just like what yeah dude what are you talking about bro (laughs) i don't like how meta this is man it scares me it's so messed up (laughs) it's so messed up man um but seriously we are sergey in that moment like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about why are you killing me i don't understand the fact also his name is sergey is like pavlov like i know know. what would have been more on the dot i think is if he was called like zombardi or something like that i don't even know who that is or uh zombardi no is that his name i don't know the prison experiment guy oh shoot i don't remember that doesn't sound right that might be right. It's called the Stanford know. Prison Experiment. But anyway, like how he like he gave the roles and like it, it took over. Like that's like a vi- it's like that would be interesting commentary on like nope, everything's deterministic. You were always meant to be like that. You know what I mean? But he chose Sergey Pavlov, which is like interesting to t- or uh to talk about like um or no it's it's Ivan Pavlov, isn't it? Ivan Pavlov. I'm blanking. His first name is not Sergey. Yeah, it is not Sergey. Right. So where did Pavlov come from? We that's talked about it a, a while Sergei's ago. That's Sergey's last name, is Pavlov. Oh, right. Okay. I was getting switched around. Sorry. But the fact of the matter is that his name was that, and he was like the leading psychologist who determined that everything can be conditioned. Mm-hmm. Everything is like, not predetermined, but like can be determined. You know what I mean? You can do it just by conditioning, and he's like, he kills him. <laughs> so it's like, whoa. It's just like super intense, you know? It's intense how deep the show goes, right. man. It is intense. Intense. That's why we needed episode nine to talk about all of that kind of stuff you just said. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I intend on going all the way back to episode one and like talking about how everything is extrapolated further So and further. anyway, okay, back to Forrest giving his little speech. Determinism. Oh, shit. Uh, in which... 
A small piece of information provides all information. Mm-hmm. And they show us a little visual of the mouse and the objects on the little altar in that lab room. Are you skipping some stuff? Yes, because they, right. they just kind of talk for a minute. Um, I think it's cool, though. <laughs> well, no, I, w- I already mentioned, like, what... Oh, yeah, he says, he like, pictures on the screen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching yeah. pictures on the screen. Um, Another Fibonacci Oh, and by shot. the way, the what they're watching in the projection room at this time is Amaya, and she is stringing beads mm-hmm. onto a string. That's mm-hmm. what she's doing in her look little playtime in that. her striped outfit. Yeah, but look at that <laughs> shot, though. Look at that shot, though. Good. And Amaya's huge, and Lily looks tiny. <laughs> She's always been there. She's always been there. Okay, so then he starts talking about determinism, in which you can have a small piece of information, which provides all information, again, and we see the mouse and the objects in that altar-like room that looks like a rose window, but also looks like an eye and also looks like a lotus. Mm -hmm. You could take it on different, different symbolism. Um, but he goes on to say the state of every particle is related to the state of the particles around it. Mm. And we see the projection of the mouse in that altar so, room. Yeah, I'm a little behind. It's it's catching up. Okay, so then yeah, yeah. he says you understand the state of one as they show the clock. You understand the state of the other and they show the mouse. Keep going as they show the whole room projection. You know what's crazy? And you will know Sorry. <laughs> the state of everything, and that's when they show the face of him. Forrest's face projected. So mm. all of that is another mm. little mini montage oh, that we didn't it is. know we were going to get. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of throwing all his two. montages. Yeah. Um, the editor's just like, I got this, Chief, and takes up all that, all that mm-hmm. time. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. So he says, like, understand basically time, and you understand everything else. Because everything on our physical plane abides by the principle of time. It is interesting that they chose to show the clock instead of, like, something super mundane, like, I don't know, one of the other objects, a sugar cube or something. Well, I think that's the point, that, like, time is a concept. A thing it's a thing it is you but it's I not mean? a cons it's not like a solid object like something you can really understand because time is wonky timey wimey wibbly wobbly i know but like wibbly wobbly timey but is it though <laughs> but is it though because time is just a line it is a line but they have the ability to go anywhere on that line right but it's still to. a line, so there's an end and there's a beginning. I guess. I just think it was interesting that they chose to show the clock and the mouse instead of. Well, I, yeah, that, I think that's cool because it sets up like time, like this huge thing, and then it's just like this tiny mouse just juxtaposing the uh, magnitude of that. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Time. I, I feel like if I try talking about time, I don't do it justice because it's just so complicated. So I'll stop. So that was all like a cute little bonus montage that we got. Um, so Lily, after hearing that, is like, oh, yeah. that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I actually like her in this episode, I, I think, the too. most out of every episode. I think her acting is the best in this. I think her delivery is the best in this. I think she seems way more confident 
just in general to me, just me personally, I, it seems she likes this. Like, she likes acting, like, angry at this man who oh, thinks he's everything. Like the... What do you mean? What do you mean what do I mean? Who likes that? Lily, like the actress. I th- oh, It the seems actress. to me that, like, she's more engaged in this than normal. And I know people give her... Apparently people give her slack for not being good at acting. I've never thought that. But I do think this episode, she really, like, hits it. Like, mm. I think you know? she has delivered, and again, we can it's talk impressive, about this for sure. in our big wrap-up. I think she has delivered the the performance that he wants. He wanted yeah, from her. Yeah, which I is know. It's perfect. Kind of a, I don't want to say blank slate. That's not what I mean. I just mean like. Status quo. She's just like chilling. She is who she is. Mm-hmm. And whatever all this other craziness that is going on around her. Mm-hmm. She stays pretty darn. She's very stoic in that way. Consistent in her behavior and what she chooses to do. Yeah. And that actually, I agree. Like that's like she's special in that way because any other per like, if I was in the situation, I would be losing my shit left and right. I would have already run away to Hong Kong. Like there's no way. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would be dealing with this madness right now. I'd be out of there. Yep. No way would I stay around. Yeah, it's cool. So anyway, she's just like, whatever, that's impossible. And he explains further, no, it's big data. Dude, I love that line, man. It's big data. It's so good. It boils everything down into three words, man. Everything is big data. That's all it is. That's all time is. It's a code that you can just tap into once you can. Once you get that technology, you can just tap into it. And there it is. Well, that's what she was saying. You know I think I mean? in the last episode, how it's like, this is every, this is everything tech yeah. nerd's wet dream. Everything yeah. is codable. Everything is unpackable, packable. Yeah, it's cool. Also, yeah. big. I don't know if this is. Listen, I've heard the the fact that Menergy was used in this show. I can tell that there's a <laughs> some liking of like EDM type of style, uh-huh. right? There's a band called Big Data. There is. <laughs> I'm just, and they made a song called there Dangerous, is. which was on the radio for a long time. I love Alternative that rock. Dude, great band. So. Okay, so Big Data, the data of all things. Held, owned. I love that too. But that's not where it ends. That's where it starts. If you have all data, you have the emergent property of the data. Oh, yeah, man. The feel of her hair and skin. So good. Her breath. The tone of her voice, her thoughts and memories, her love for me, her knowledge of my love for her. Interesting, yeah. Love. Yes. Being a factor here. Mm-hmm. It's not a film of Amaya. It is Amaya. Yep. She's alive. Okay, here's where my brain starts to <laughs> have, a, have like glitches. Okay. Lily says, but <clears throat> she's not alive. She's a computer simulation. <laughs> and Forrest responds, explain the difference. Mm-hmm. And she says she's going through fixed motions. And Forrest is like, girl, I just explained to you. <laughs> so are you. So am I. So is everything and yep. everyone going through fixed motions because it's all predetermined, girl. Mm-hmm. Listen up. Yeah. Like, this is <laughs> what it is. We're listening. And then... Um, Lily is just like, well, my boyfriend Jamie, who you just had murdered, remember him? Yeah. He, um, he, <laughs> it down. he 
said right before you had him murdered, um, <laughs> tech company leaders become fanatics and think they're messiahs. And Forrest just like... He laughs. He, he just, chuckles, He dude. just chuckles. He chuckles. And he's I'm like, like <gasps> yeah, this is the moment when you take out the gun, honey. Uh, so she's dang. like, you know, the gun, you know, the gun that's in your pocket, the gun that... Um, What's his face? I already forgot his name. Kenton. <laughs> also, can we just... Used to kill We're going the fast here. Life. I, we need to point out and need to appreciate the... I, I, I'm sure it's a lot of sound editing, and they probably just kind of went through their lines, the dialogue, pretty quickly, and when they shot it, the mm-hmm. day of, you have to admire how silent this part is, often. There are so many silences in between the words. It's like... It's super tasty, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's so tasty. It's not like a sitcom where you get constant lines oh, no. all the time. And same with, like, other good shows. Like, even Legion. I'll talk about Legion in this way. I think there's a lot of lines in that show, right? A lot of speech happening. A lot of stuttering sometimes in the script. Like, this is a lot of sound. This is, like, you can breathe. Well, this episode. Like, you can take it. This episode, probably more than any of the other ones. Like, the whole thing has a very... It's like meditative, man. Meditative. It's so good. Vibe. Yeah. But this episode in particular, yeah, feels not real. Like it's very yeah. It's in fact, like as you're, I, after ephemeral. I watched it a couple of times, I was like, you know, I just, I get the feeling. I know it's not going to happen because I've already watched it, but I get this weird feeling that at any moment we're going to pull back. And, like, somebody else is going to be watching them on a screen. Like, it's all very mm. uh, Like, it's, it's set up to be, like, Trans-like. this is on a TV screen. Yeah. Like, kind of like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. But, yeah. The, but I love it, man. It's just, like. The slowness of the lines and the quiet. The execution and the line and the slowness and the quiet in between every line. Even in the montage and the intro, right? It's not just reciting the poetry, which is kind of how it's done in episode seven. If I'm being honest. It's definitely faster. It definitely is faster, yeah. It, it's set up right in the beginning. You have slow... It's not a quick-going montage. There's not, like, quick edits, you know what I mean? A lot of stuff going on. It's just, like, shot. And it stays there for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, shot again. And this... I mean, yeah, you have, like, A camera, B camera flips, like, on Forrest's face and Lily's face. But other than that, there's not a lot going on, <laughs> you know? As the finale of such an epic show, which I think is a cool underlining of... Mm-hmm. This man's mastery of, like, every component of filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like, it speaks to that. Because I swear to God, I cannot tell you how many times I've watched a sci-fi show or sci-fi movie and the ending. Think about 1984. This is a perfect example, right? The entire last chapter of the book is a monologue. Just, like, rattling off facts. It's a book also. You know? I know, I know, of course. But <laughs> it's, you know, imagine that in a movie form. It would be just a dude just, like, talking for the entire time. Just non-stop talking, blowing your mind, which is kind of, I think, the point. Like, the onslaught of information in that book was the thing that ruined the guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in the, it's, like, the opposite of that. It's, like, everything has led to this moment, so it's, like, really tense. And they're, He's just milking it, is what I'm saying, with this silence and this calming, like, breathing effect and the, the, the blurred background and how the light's just swirling. It's, like, what's going to happen? It's masterfully done. Yeah, I, then, I keep saying that I feel like, but there's so many different ways you can look at how masterfully it's done, which I like doing. Well, and we, and then the next two, I guess sequences. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know what to say <laughs> because 
I'm like, you're kidding me. In the finale of the show, we're going to watch... We're going to watch them watch... Yeah, What's right. going to happen in 15 minutes in this episode? That's confusing. It's so weird. It's so weird. So he tells her all of that, and then it cuts to Stuart again. Standing in the Fibonacci spot, right there, right in the middle. Yep, it's the same shot as from the opening montage, I want to say. Not the same, though. Not exactly the same. The back, the rest of the wall is lit up. It's not totally dark. Oh. Which oh, I don't okay. think it matters, but maybe it does. And then um, we see Katie... Who's still, who is in the experiment room, you know, with the, um... Ooh, dude, that's a creepy shot. It is creepy, and I can't oh, tell what she has in her hands. I've tried to see, and I can't tell. It's something white. Is it, like, a, the dead mouse? Is no, the mouse is on the table. You can I see it on the table. I can't tell what it is, but Katie's in the little altar room with all the little objects, holding something white, and I can't tell what it is. But she's also holding her hands like she's taking communion. Is she? Like the, well, me, no, see. actually, no, she's not. It's not perfect like that. Never mind. I, I really that. want to complain about something, Hulu. Why, when uh, I pause yeah, something, dimmed. does it get dark? I hate that, man. I hate it so much. Please, Hulu, do something about that. Actually, okay. no, I think this is just naturally that dark. No, actually. it gets dark. It's annoying. I still can't tell what that is, but you're right. She is holding her hands kind of like she's about to have communion. I didn't, I well, that's not exactly the right positioning They're, of her like hands. It's like cupped, kind of. It's really Kind cupped. of. No, her hand's Pose. like right here, though. It's on the side. It's not perfect i don't know what that is it's weird it is weird if anybody but, knows yeah knows right and then we see um her looking at amaya on her like lab screen and she's wearing the ever so popular blue and white striped sundress right that the colossus amaya has on true and we've talked about symbolism about that dress like a million times and we actually see her in the pose yeah, that true, 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 true. is in. That's true, that's true. Okay, so then that's we go true. back to Lily and Forrest, who are still trying to work out their deal. Yep. <laughs> in the projection room. And she basically is like, show me. Stop talking. Just show me what you've seen. I want to see. And he's like, yeah, I would talk you out of it, <laughs> but I already know I don't. So... Um, together they sit and they watch what is about to happen that night. Dang. And they watch the whole thing play out. Lily's holding a gun on Forrest. Katie watches them move towards the cubicle. Katie is scared to death, even though she knows what's about to happen. Oh, you're just flying it through it. Okay, I got I am go. flying through it because it's just the projection, and we see the exact same thing in a little bit. Um, but Forrest says to Katie, Don't worry, I'll be okay. And we see Katie is Katie is more rattled now than we've seen yeah. in the entire show. She's very upset and rattled. And she basically yells at him and says, I don't know why you say that. Ugh, that's enough. And she turns around and lets them into the little cubicle. Um, the door's open. And I love this line later. Oh. not I didn't really so much get it right now uh which but one? she says so this is where you get in oh yeah <laughs> and this is where you say goodbye and they get in the cute her and uh, sorry lily and forrest get in the cubicle she's mm -hmm. got the gun on you and uh, you can also still see Stuart, by the way oh yeah he's always over. there he's always there so we'll get to that in a weird. second it's kind of weird actually he's like standing there in the same spot this whole time well, well i want to talk about that in a minute all right but anyway um very raven you can still see him over there by that keypad 
So mm-hmm. Forrest says he's trying to have like his. I don't know why he's trying to be such a smartass, but oh yeah, dude, I think it's hilarious, man. Lily, you it's know great. what happens to messiahs, don't you? They get resurrected. That's like a big uh, what's that scene? There's a that that delivery is very similar in like this uh, this moment. That line delivery, like you know what happens to blank, do you? Like I know it's it's such a, it's like a kind western. Of, it's kinda... such a kind of cliche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing it's like a to satire. Say. But what's, I mean, he clearly wants, he expects her to shoot him. He wants her to shoot him because he knows he's going to get resurrected. Sure. But what's, I do like that she says, fuck you, because that's her sign that she hung in the window that said. Yeah, dude. The same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's a cute callback. Um, so she shoots him. And of course, it has to be right through the eye because we're obsessed with eyeballs on this show. And... um. It appears as though the bullet pierces the glass and an alarm goes off that says the vacuum seal's been broken, everything mm-hmm. turns red, the cubicle starts to tilt and wobble. Yep. It's like slowly getting off its axis. And it's like very it's not it doesn't just like drop, it's like it's like so Yeah, and it shows her like with her eyes begging Stuart, like, oh my god, do something. But he's just standing there yep. watching this happen. And um, so the cubicle falls, shatters spectacularly. Oh, yeah, man. Spectacularly. How do how they film that, man? I got it. It looks real to me. It really does. They may have really dropped something. But there's, like, people And in then there. added, well, they could have <laughs> added that later. I guess. I suppose. but Or those could be, um, you know, dummies or something. Uh-huh. But anyway. We get that The boom. shattering is, like so satisfying to me mm-hmm. for some reason and like the glass is like falling like snow kind of yeah i love the little shards of glass falling and you still hear this breathing and pulsating light yeah it's, it's yeah mm-hmm. it's the machine is like okay mm-hmm. yep Just go this keep going guys this makes sense to me <laughs> keep going guys um and we see finally what we saw very early on i forget even what episode Lily crawling out of the cubicle across the floor of Dove's, across this golden floor, which, why is it so beautiful? I don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's also, I, I feel like there's something I'm missing when I watch this because, like, the glass is, like, in the cups, you know what I mean, of the walls and the floor. Yeah. Like, what do you think that's about? Oh, dude, this music is so good. This know. is like that this music that's good. in the beginning. It's like the breathing, and then like you get this extra synth music above mm-hmm. it. It's like super consonant. And so nice, she's man. crawling over. Her legs appear to be broken, and I'm guessing severe internal damage. Anyway, she's looking up. It's probably the radiation. And she flips that over. Hurt, hits hard. And dies in a crucifix-like position, just like we saw in the projection. Um, face up. That's a good one. That's a good one. And Forrest is face up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I guess, talk about that later after we see this play out in real life. Oh, sure. Um, okay. So, basically. Again, it's like, that wasn't real. (laughs) The projection fades out. Yeah. And that's it. So Lily has to come to the, you know, she's kind of in shock, as one might be when you find out that you're about to murder somebody that you, um, 
<laughs> you actually get get to see yourself shoot someone in the face. Yeah, wild. She's in a little bit of shock, and is like, "Yeah, okay, I kill us both, and nothing can change it." And Forrest says, "Nothing," and we can't see past that moment in time. The projections, the predictions fail. Everything is lost. And then he asks a very interesting question: Do you know why you pulled the trigger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And she definitely it's, knows. It's weird that he says that because it like hasn't happened yet, actually. But he's like, right. "Why did you pull the trigger?" But do you know why you killed me? Mm-hmm. And she knows exactly. It's for Jamie. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he's like, "We're gonna do this in a minute, and trust me, it's the right thing to do." Mm-hmm. You, you should kill me because the love of your life is gone yep and even though it's not my (laughs) fault you think it is so please by all means shoot me in the face (laughs) and again we get this weird i don't know why i'm so fascinated by the ear being in the middle i'm just oh i think it's interesting we haven't even talking about the profiles thing in this one but it's just it's all profiles it's a lot of profiles of her and a lot of face-ons of full face of him mm-hmm. yeah which is interesting mm-hmm. um <clears throat> okay so now like the money moment where i almost <laughs> fell out of my chair yeah sure <laughs> because oh, no, i found man. it so funny mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so they continue to talk and he reveals to her <laughs> that the project is actually not called Devs. Mm-hmm. The V is a Roman V, which means it's a U, which means the project is called Deus, which means God. That was weird. You said that right at the same time she said it. And he says it was a pri- it was just a private joke, which is so. <laughs> freaking funny <laughs> yeah. because yes man i mean i'm stating the obvious i'm sure but alex garland's film ex machina yeah is it's like the same concept is, this, is a very much related to this p this show you want to tell people what that means well deus ex machina is a, like a literary term for when Something happens in a story that's like it comes from like Greek mythology and stuff like that, where a story will be going along and then something extraordinary will happen that will save people or or make this big impact on the story. And it literally comes from the gods like no one Mm. in the story would be capable of having that happen. Mm. It, It literally has to come from nowhere from the quote unquote gods. So. It's kind of taken on a kind of a negative thing. Yeah, like honestly. if you're if you're reading a s- literature or watching something and like a character you don't even know like happens to pop up at the end who saves everybody or like does something that fixes everything. Mm-hmm. That's like that's Deus Ex Machina. You can't just have some some godlike oh, okay. person. But in this case, it's freaking hilarious because mm-hmm, it is. That's funny quote unquote it was just a private joke 
it's Alex Garland's joke, a private joke about him, about the show and the movie. And I'm just sorry. It's <laughs> so funny to me. Yeah. And then she's like, I think your time is up. <laughs> I but, think our time is up. But with within the scope of the show, mm-hmm. obviously, Deus meaning God. Oh, yeah. I think we all can understand where this that comes machine from. has become God. Mm-hmm. We've reached the beast it is it (laughs) is god it can create a simulation of life that is indistinguishable from actual life and like forrest says what's the difference Mm Mm-hmm. whack isn't it anyway i he's not looking great here no he looks real (laughs) he looks real rough yeah i think he's been up all night and he's been thinking about okay another half an hour i'm gonna die and hopefully get to see my family Mm-hmm. Okay, so that must be stressful. Like, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> That's probably what he's thinking. Maybe, but I think it's just a stressful situation. Okay, here is something that I noticed today. I lost oh. my mind about. All right. <laughs> so after this conversation, after yes. he says it was just a private joke, there's a there's a pause, and you hear the musical score pretty quietly, and you hear a couple of intervals of music that are identical (laughs) it is the opening to the piece of music by strauss called thus spoke zarathustra Mm -hmm. which is the very very famous piece of music (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna finish it (laughs) i'll finish for you (laughs) anyway in, a, in Kubrick's 2001. That's like probably what most people know it from, right? Yeah, of course. And clearly Alex Garland worships at the church of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yes, sir. Filmmaking and yes, sir. cinema design mm-hmm. and yeah. cinematography, whatever. Okay. I think we know that. But here's here's the little like side piece to that, which that alone is cool. Mm-hmm. But thus spoke Zarathustra was a yeah book talk about that yeah. written by Nietzsche mm-hmm. in which his famous fam- most famous line that he ever wrote in his entire life that everyone knows God is, is dead. dead yeah <laughs> ain't that weird <laughs> ain't that interesting man slow clap oh you gotta give that to Kubrick though that was Kubrick who developed I know that idea. but hiding that Same. little yeah three note little thing right there at that particular moment right when they just got done yeah right saying the name of this project is god <laughs> i wonder i wonder uh i wonder if who who made that decision if it was the music people or garland i'm sure it was probably whoever wrote that there's so many people that worked on the music for this show mm-hmm. it's really it's hard to know who did what kind of i've tried to kind of figure it out but there's yeah. so many people kudos to all of them because this score oh, yeah. is insanely good it's on spotify by the way this is a very you know i don't think we need to talk about it too much right now but this score is very different how the music is treated in this show it's almost like a character it is it's motivic which is obviously classic since like wagner right in the 1800s Mm -hmm. but it's also like it's interesting how themes will just be layered on top of each other 
you know mm-hmm. just like it's not even like subtle like they'll it's like a copy and paste of like a theme over another theme over another theme like you know we'll get the love theme often and then we get like the bell the glocken uh alm glocken over, over that and you know what i mean you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. which is i don't know it's very different like i feel like there's always like gotta be like all ambient mu- ambient music in this returns like no score is just used once and never seen again Except, like, the intro montage music and the outro music, right? Like, the Reich piece. Right. The, the Guinevere, has, has, Guinevere, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's just, it feels very different to me, you know? And how, like, the music is made, you know, the sound is very new, mm-hmm. uh, to be said. That Suffocation soundtrack, I never have heard anything like that before seeing this show, which was... It's amazing enlightening yeah and honest i i because so many people have worked on this score and i am so bad with names i don't remember who was interviewed about it but i did read an article Mm -hmm. someone that worked on the music or maybe it was even um alex garland said we knew when we were doing this score that we did not just want to have repeated like constantly repeated um pieces of little pieces of music we knew we wanted to have like like what you're saying like these there's depth you know motifs that are they develop i guess develop and are layered their connotations develop you know Mm -hmm. like in the beginning of the show we hear that saxophone thing and it kind of has the connotation of like fear like a shrieking saxophone you know what i mean like you hate that, but it comes back in the show sometimes. Periodically. I don't bring it up every time we do these episodes. No, but, I know. But it comes back and it has like a different feeling sometimes. Like he, they'll use the same music for, for different reasons. You know what I mean? It it calls to mind Very interesting. shows that are really known for their scores. Like Lost. Like Lost does that. Lost does that. Like Battlestar Lost. Galactica. Mm-hmm. Ve- that is a mm. very specific type of music associated with it. Oh, yeah, like music plays an integral role in the show. Yeah. That's all you're saying. Yeah, of course. Like, that. that's what I'm saying. But I'm talking deeper than that. I'm talking like this is completely, like, there's like 30 separate, like, you can go on Spotify and look up the soundtrack to this show. There's like 32 minute long yeah. little For tiny things. episode show, which it's is crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. But they wrote so much. The production music. is insane and, like, all that. But what is really cool is that it's not. It doesn't, like, when you watch Star Wars, Luke's theme is Luke's theme, right? Yes. Yoda's theme is Yoda's theme. We, this is, like, that's the title of the dang piece. It's Yoda's theme. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These, go on Spotify, look up the names of these soundtracks. They're very vague. They're, like, not, like, Lily's theme. There's one that's called Amaya's theme, but that's, like, obvious that it's her Mm -hmm. theme, right? It's a love theme. But every other soundtrack, I feel like, is used in different parts of the show. You know what I mean? Like, for different reasons, which I think is really interesting. Um, very new. That's what, The way I listen to this music is not the same as I listen to, like, music in Legion and music in, um, uh, well, Battlestar Galactica and Lost and Star Wars and all that. It's very different, which is, it's challenging, actually, to listen to it. I mean, the Steve Wright thing, I was like, what is going on? You know what I mean? Like, this is crazy, man. But... I don't, I don't. I like the challenge like that. Same like when you watch two thousand one. It's got all these like classical musical pieces, and you're like, Ooh. like why is it like that? Why isn't it synth? Right. But it was made in the, it was made in the sixties, right? I guess synth did mm-hmm. not exist back well, then. Well, I guess that's true. But 
but they could have scored it with original music, but Kubrick was like, no, I'm using the greats, which is a very bold decision, you know? But that's why it's so iconic that it opens up with Thus Spoke Zarathustra, right? Mm -hmm. It's because it's not... It's not... um, carbon copy of what you kind of get during that era of, of film music mm-hmm. it's like so cool this is like that is what i'm saying like this stands yeah, out I, I totally understand what you're saying yeah and i just, just thought i would talk about that the again like when i saw this the soundtrack how many tracks so many dude for an eight episode show mm-hmm. and there's like 20 something tracks mm-hmm. and that's just score that's, that's original not music even... there's like these songs and pieces that yeah that's used. not even counting mm-hmm. the the what do you call that the music um oh my god i can't think of the word uh, oh god curator sure that curates like normal songs that you just have to pay for the rights for and, mm-hmm. and put into the show mm-hmm. so the amount of music in the show just thesis statement out of control it is out of control <laughs> Love it, love it, love it, love every note of everything. I don't know if we should talk about it in this episode, but we got to talk about which is our favorite score, though. We'll talk about that next. Uh, okay, cool, Let's cool, cool. I already know mine. It is. Oh, don't, don't. Leak. Okay, all right, all right. No leaks. No this is a cool leaks. shot, though. Let's get back. Oh my to god, this. I love this. Okay, so yeah, so Lily is standing in front of the staticky big screen, and all you see is this black silhouette outline of her. How many times have we seen her standing in front of a window, mm-hmm. which is very bright, mm-hmm. and she it's is very just, backlighting, and yeah, and she is just like a silhouette or a blur. Yeah, but but this is in focus. Here she it's is, dark, standing in holding front, a gun, <laughs> holding a gun, yeah. standing in front of a window. Hmm, you see that as a window? It's a digital. Okay, window. it is a digital window, isn't it? In my mind, this is a, definitely a parallel to her standing in front of For all sure. the windows. All right. That's cool. Okay. So this is kind of interesting. <laughs> so we see Forrest walking up to her as she's standing there. He's also in a black silhouette now. Mm-hmm. And he puts his hand on her shoulder. Like, he genuinely feels for her. Mm-hmm. Well, he has lost the people he loves, too. I think he empathizes in that way. I know, but it is just such a... It's weird. Here is... <laughs> this episode is where I start feeling like something is happening with their relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, of course. It's gone from purely antagonistic, or what she felt was antagonistic, to something else, and I'm not sure Yeah, what that's for sure. Definitely. Okay, so... Now we start the redo of what we just watched in the projection. Mm -hmm. They leave the room. Lily has the gun on Forrest. Katie's standing there. That's cool. This is so weird. Starting to get shook about what's about to happen. It starts to play, you know, it's playing out exactly as the projection so far. Mm -hmm. Stuart is still standing in his spot. And he can hear everything that's going on, by the way, because there's like a speaker or whatever. So he can hear everything that they're saying. And one more time, you know, we go through these motions. What are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> open the doors. I'm frightened. Uh, like, everything's playing out exactly. And um, that's interesting. Forrest that- says, don't worry. I'll be okay. Katie again says, I don't know why you say that. She's just, like, fed up. 
She's yeah, that's the first time she's like yelled ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk about Katie later, but rip my girl, man. Feel for her. <laughs> rip my feel chief. bad for her. Okay, so doors open. This music is very Blade Runner, by the way. What's it is. Happening? It is very. You're the right. The finale is very it's, like. It's like you're about to be enlightened, homie. Yeah, like that type of music. It's angelicy for sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So Stewart's just kind of watching there. One more time, she Lily says. So this is where you get in, mm-hmm. and this is where you say goodbye. The doors to the little cubicle are almost shut. Oh. It cuts to. Back to Lily standing in front of the staticky screen for a second, and you see her <laughs> have the thought yeah. of what she just decided to do. And what she has decided to do is to break the tram line Dude. and throw the gun outside of the cubicle just as the doors are closing. The end. I feel like this is going to spark... Once the show hits the hits mainstream public mm-hmm. this scene is going to spark so much controversy in like the intellectual debating like pop culture field you know what i mean like this is impossible you know like the people who think schrodinger's cat is impossible and versus the people who do you know her throwing the gun people are going to be like that's not even possible this is ridiculous and this is like the one thing in the show i'm genuinely sitting there and i'm like like can she do that <laughs> you know you know like she just did by the logic of the show can she do that that's the thing and i'm not saying i don't believe it's possible i'm just saying this is the moment where i was actually genuinely questioning what i was watching you know Mm -hmm. it felt weird it was like no (laughs) that's not possible you know just like they react which is katie and forrest's um, reaction like you can't do that (laughs) well yeah i guess so she throws the gun i've been played and forrest is like she throws the gun outside the cube, outside the doors, just as they're like, closing. Whoa. They all are staring at this gun, like, "Okay, what do we do now?" Katie's in a panic. Forrest is in a major panic <laughs> as yeah. the cubicle starts to move across um, to this is good the acting. doors, and he's like, "Now he's saying that's not possible." Yeah, and then you know she gets to be a smartass now and says, "Well." You know what they say about messiahs, don't you, Forrest? Mm-hmm. Their false prophets. Oh, yes. oh, man, you spoiled it for me. I was watching. You know what? <laughs> Would you listen to me instead of watching this? And so we actively see Stuart crash, pro, punching the code to crash the cubicle. Yeah, you ever notice that the buttons that he's pressing are like are shapes? shapes yes. <laughs> what the? There's a square. There's a star. What buttons a does he press though? There's a. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh my gosh, we're really gonna see which. Yes, dude. We've been talking about shapes all this time. Don't <laughs> cower it out now. All right, he hits that one. Draw this for me. He hits that one. What is that? It's like a. Are those arrows? I can't even tell. No, it's like two lines, like an equal sign with a slash going through it. Oh. Write it down. Write it down. Oh, write it down? Keep track, yeah. Okay. And then the X. And then... The square. Oh, yeah, was that a square? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so he it's, he hits the... What's this called? I just called it, like, terms? does not equal. <laughs> it's inequality. Like inequality, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically what it is is tram lines with another line through it, like, crossing them out. 
I guess, yeah, it is. Uh, the X. Of course. And the square. Of course. Squares and squares and squares. Bars. Bars. Boxes and boxes and boxes. Yep. Um, and that's the Kai, just in case you forgot. Ah, the X yeah, is the Kai for yeah. Christ. That's true. That's true. Um, interesting. But anyway... So she didn't shoot a hole through the glass this time, but Stuart. <laughs> he gets the last literally laugh. Literally <laughs> has decided to kill them both. Yes, apparently. sir. I love this man. The red alarm, the red light goes off. It starts shaking. Katie's freaking out. And in possibly my favorite thing that's ever happened in the history of the world, you see the cubicle from up above start to fall, and as it falls, there is a bass drop. (laughs) A beautifully timed bass drop, and as soon as the cubicle shatters, hits the floor and shatters, it's our boys. They come back. Music starts. And this is the music we get when they're extrapolating out. It's not. With the computer. What? It's not. It's different music. This is the first time we've heard this. That sounds very similar. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is different, isn't it? It is different. And it has lyrics. And I have spent... Oh, yeah. All right, I'll Over give you... an hour today. This part's cool, Pause man. Pause this, please. That's oh, so good, I have though. spent over an hour today trying to decipher the lyrics to this music because it is chant. It's mm-hmm. done in a chant style, just like... Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my gosh, Plain was Regnantum... Regnantum Sempiternum, Sempiternum, dude, come on. I don't... I'm sorry, my <laughs> Latin is not great. It's done in that same kind of plain chant style mm-hmm. to the point where the first two times I watched this, I didn't even realize it was English. It's the reverb. You can't even make out the words because of the reverb. It's flow. It connects all the sound. It's just in a hall and it's like... I wish I... I want to see this stuff gorgeous. performed live, by the way. I want to see this performed live, man. I want to feel that. I just want to know, though, if this is the same choir. It doesn't sound the same, That sings the Regnantum Sempiternum. It does not sound the same to me. I forget forget their name, that choir's name, but I'm Um, curious to know. Juilliard. Isn't it? The Juilliard? I don't think it's... No. That doesn't sound right. Anyway, just because I want everybody to know how much I have your backs, (laughs) I, I tweeted at... Um, did he get back to you? I t- no, they didn't. Aww. As far as I know, I haven't checked All in right. a while. But I tweeted at the guys who wrote the score to the show to please tell me what the lyrics to this chant are. And I don't, like I said, I I haven't heard back, but I may have deciphered some of it. Possibly, maybe. I tried my best. If you guys are listening, go on to... Um, Spotify or whatever and listen to <laughs> You're insane. Listen to this piece which mm-hmm. is called The Day Will Break. Mm-hmm. That's the track title. Where are my notes? Oh my gosh. They've gone. Oh no. Oh there they are. It was like 20 pages prior. <laughs> Ridiculous <Okay. laughs> man. <laughs> so the lyrics so far as I can tell are The Day Will Break and Light Will Lead the Way. Mm. So, what poem did we just hear a couple of episodes ago? What was the name of that? Obad. Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah. is an Obad? An Obad is a song or a poem sung or spoken 
at daybreak. And when does it play? What's happening on screen when it's happening? Do you remember? It's an opening montage. Oh. That doesn't matter. The whole point right. is that poem is called Obad. Yeah. Even though it's about death. I, th- I see your point. This song is a literal Obad. Yeah. It ain't even Done trying. in chant form to match the opening it's interesting. It's music orchestrationally, from episode one. Orchestrationally, it's really cool. I like that. So we're talking about balance. We are. With similar song styles, and then they're also paralleling that poem title in an it's actual... It's ABA event. Prime. It's so Well, actually, good. actually, let me blow your mind real Wait, quick. Wait, I'm not done oh. reading my lyrics that okay, I well, spent hurry up. Hour. Well, let's go, man. <laughs> anyway, the day will break and light will lead the way. All right. Then the second line is the one that I cannot for the life of me figure out what they're saying. I can do it. Hold on. Let me do it. Good luck because I spent an hour trying to figure it out. And the next line, I believe, is, and in each moment we assent unto being. And the last line is, the day will break and light the way. And this is all happening because in a minute we're going to see like it is daybreak outside in the next part of the show i'm trying to listen all right uh wait let me here be quiet for like 10 seconds oh my gosh it is a podcast i cannot be yes, quiet. yes you can <laughs> no, i can't okay so um anyway the day will break is an actual abode which i fully appreciate that mm-hmm. they brought that background all right so poor lillian forest they've crashed mm-hmm. and we see lily basically doing what we saw her do before but Forrest, on the other hand, has not been shot in the face, and he's still alive. Yeah. So he crawls out, too. And as we see Lily dying face up in kind of a crucifix type of a shape, Forrest, on the other hand, dies face down. And That's he true. doesn't even get, like, he barely makes it out of the cubicle and he's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> face down. In the glass. Um, but it is very moving because sh- they show her again and she's looking up, you know, at the machine or at the, um, not the machine, but. It's just the ceiling. The whole structure above her, mm-hmm. which is still hovering. And um, we have to witness her die yet again. Mm-hmm. But in a different way. But for real. Uh, once again, like how like the same scenes are, denote different feelings is very cool. I like that. And Very, also, everything's a variation. I just want to point out that all those little, um, I don't know, it reminds me of golf ball dimples. Sure, the dimples, yeah. Close up, we realize they're all hexagons. Yeah, but they're unequal, or, non-congruent. They're irregular hexagons. Irregular, yeah. And then we get that shot. And we've had a lot of hexagons in the show, too. Ooh, and then, like, right when after the, the Picardy third is uttered, it like cuts and then there's a commercial. It's like, oh. That piece of music is so beautiful. It's good, man. Even if I can't figure out what they're oh, saying. I got an ad. <laughs> I got a dang ad. I can't oh, go. Just keep going, I guess. That's what happens on Hulu when you don't pay the extra money. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, so next it cuts back to Katie who is sobbing and very distraught. Mm, of course. And she's staring across the space at Stuart who is still standing over there having just... Basically, 
made them fall to their deaths. Yeah, man. And says, what? And she says, what did you do? <laughs> and he says, I disabled the electromagnetic field system on the capsule, which I think she really knows that is what, like, <laughs> was it really what she meant? Yeah. <laughs> and she says, very pained, why? And he says, because I realized what we've done. Someone has to stop this. And don't blame me, Katie. It was predetermined. <laughs> Which is really a callback to... What um, Forrest says, right? What Forrest says to Sergei, you know, before he gets oh asphyxiated. Oh, I didn't think about that. I was thinking about how Forrest says um, when he's talking to Lily and he's like... Um, well, technically, I didn't do those things to you. It was all predetermined. Mm, that, too. Yeah. Definitely that, too. Cool. Um, okay. So then it cuts to the machine looking. It's a, a sad machine. A very. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's a happy machine. <laughs> Probably. Because the machine is looking very elegant and beautiful, and it's bathed in all of this light, and it's whirring away, mm-hmm. and it's just being itself. Yep. It's a lot. It's alive. It just seems like this thing has taken on its own. It's all know like they say later, it's all knowing and all powerful now, and it's just gonna go. That's whack, man. <laughs> That's whack. You ever thought about how like if there were like war and like just the human race was just wiped out, the technology would be all that remains. Yeah. And the technology would win, therefore. Sure. How ironic is that? Ironic. <laughs> How ironic is that, man? Um, but it's crazy. I don't know. You looked excited for you a reason. You should just or... let that play because oh, all right. I'm about to talk about yeah, keep going. how the shot of the machine starts at the top and then it just slowly moves down and tilts downwards so that you're now seeing like down through its roots. And then it, oh. and then it cuts back to Lily lying dead on the floor because she's down there. Yeah, right. She is down under the roots the depths. of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as we've established before. Ah, we haven't even talked about that in a really long time. Honestly, it's going to come back around in yeah, a minute. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Speaking of trees, it cuts to the trees <laughs> yeah. right after that. We ain't even trying at this and point. And we see Colossus and Maya, and we see that it is daybreak. Mm-hmm. And then freaking jump scare. <laughs> the ah, show dude. Mm-hmm. has only had a couple, yep. but dang, they scared me both times. Because when the lights come on in the forest, and forest is about to... Oh, yes. Who didn't jump at that? Who didn't? I would like to know. And again, it's a jump scare with forest. But this time, it's to forest's face, like, particles of his face reassembling really quickly Mm -hmm. with this big, loud, distorted sound. It's like suffocation sound, kind of. It's scary. Yeah. And again, we're seeing what we saw at the opening montage. It's like this weird, dimensional whatever it is mm-hmm. some sort then of purgatory it, state something mm-hmm. then it cuts back to Forrest's dead body laying on the ground then it cuts to another forest full body this time uh particles reassembling in that in that same loud distorted scary sound mm-hmm. then it cuts back to his dead body then it cuts back to another forest big close-up face 
totally yeah reassembling so we are already they're already like hey um just in case you're not keeping <laughs> up don't forget many worlds yeah 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 that's a thing this is facts okay so we have a Dang. We, so forest is in this weird and can we just say it's very interesting how they die in the middle of the episode isn't that kind of whack it was very was interesting whack. and i look i remember looking at my phone going it. we still have tons yeah, of no, time yeah, here. what's gonna happen something yep because they're dead and it's not even close to being over yet mm-hmm. so anyway who made this thing man <laughs> i'm just i don't even hear what you're saying i'm just watching this so then we hear katie say forest forest mm-hmm. and weird interdimensional forest face says katie where am i where are you and she explains i'm you're on the screen now and i'm watching you (laughs) yeah and he's like i'm in the system and she's like yep and they start talking about like what did lily he says what the f did lily do (laughs) yeah yeah. it's like katie (laughs) what happened and Katie's like, well, I mean, Forrest remembers everything, by the way. They make sure that we we know that, that Forrest remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Katie explains to him that that Lily made a choice. And that's why we can never see beyond this point, because she made an actual choice, which breaks all the rules in the, you know, at least in the universe of this show. Um. And she's laughing to herself because she says all her talk of God and messiahs and look who she turned out to be. (laughs) She committed the original sin, disobedience. Yep. And. Ain't that interesting. Ain't that interesting. Very interesting. I love how, you know, and she's looking at him and it's a close up of his face. It looks very much like the 2001 baby. It does look. It does look a lot like <laughs> Star Dave, Child. Dave, is that what it's called? It's Star called Child. The Star Child. Yeah. Ah, cool. But again, like we see his projection, huge face on the screen, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Katie looks very tiny and just a black silhouette of her, which is pretty cool looking. It is really cool, and in a way, Katie is kind of God now. Oh my God! I can't wait to talk about all oh. of that. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. So sorry. 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 I just that. I thought about it just now. But anyway, so then Forrest says, then it is Deus. And she says, it's Deus. And that means it's time. And within the system itself, it's all-knowing and all-powerful, but only when we apply Lyndon's principle. Mm -hmm. And I need to make sure that you understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And he says, I do understand and gonna he be gets right. very emotional and he says i just i want them back so much yeah and he she says i know yeah i know i know it always comes back it does <laughs> to that. it does every time so mm. forrest says all right f it wish me luck i guess and you hear that <laughs> regnantum simpaternum which is of course Woo! the music for the mass at the end of the world yeah don't forget back, man the aba i remember watching this episode and i when that came on i was like yep it's just a piece of music it's a sonata that's all this is <laughs> it's literally just a sonata isn't that nuts man aba nuts. even though it is technically also aba prime because it's not 
the world, right? Because it's Linda's principle. You know what ABA yeah. Prime refers to? No. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll explain maybe. So, like, ABA, the letters ABA refer to musical material and a piece of music. So, when you have the A material, that's just your starting material. And then when you have the B material, that's contrasting material, right? The nature of A versus B. Different letters, different music. And then the A comes back. When it's not A prime, it means it's the same, as exactly the same as the beginning. Minus maybe a little bit of the ending. Okay. At the ending. To just finalize the ending, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. It's very much a, it's a symmetrical piece of music, right? ABA prime... You know, you have the A, mater- your A material, B material, which is the contrasting material, and then A prime, which is the A material, but spun in some way. Like, it's different. interior, Like, on the interior of the music, it's different somehow. Like, maybe it's transposed to a different key. Maybe it's different time signature, different tempo, whatever. You know what I mean? It's a variation. This show, you could, like, put it into the ABA form, Right, but mm-hmm. you could also put it into the ABA prime form, mm. which is again kind of this paradoxical thing mm. that's happening. And what else is ABA? Was the Hero's Journey or something? Like it that? is. Yeah, that's the isn't original. There, isn't there like a thing called the Hero's Journey where, where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm being sarcastic. I know, but like that's, but that <laughs> is what drives. You're looking at me like you think I'm serious. <laughs> no, dude, I'm, you know I know that. I'm just, I'm just saying the ABA thing has has been. That is one of the oldest forms of musical composition. It's one of the oldest forms of writing, in period, right? You have opening, trial, recapitulation, which is like the same thing as back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just everything is just cyclical. And this is like a pure, the music coming back at the end, like, don't even, like, that's not even a nod. That's like, here it is. <laughs> like, we're right back in the beginning. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so cool, dude. That's why it's ABA. It seems like ABA. But then you consider. Okay, but it's Linda's principle, so it's actually not the same, right? Mm-hmm. So it's also ABA Prime. It's very weird to try to fit it into a category in that way. I wouldn't say it's like ABC, though, because C means different material than the B and the A. You see what I mean? Yeah, no. It it's not that. It's not C. Interesting, man. It's just cool. Yeah, and again, this was music used um, when everybody thought the end of the world was coming. Yep. They would use this music during mass so funny okay so Forrest this is kind of sad he says all right F it I guess wish me luck and Forrest disintegrates and Katie says I do and then she has herself a cry as she should poor thing and then we see we cut back to the experiment room with the mouse who is now the decayed corpse of the mouse Mm-hmm. which cuts to Amaya in her blue dress, mm-hmm. that image disintegrating as her pose is the same as Colossus Amaya's. She is disintegrating into whatever. And that's when the saxophone kicks in. Interestingly enough. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I love this next shot. It's so beautiful. What I think is really Dang. cool about this shot well, first, let's talk about it. It's a shot of like a foggy oh, shot of the, of the San Francisco Bay area. You can far see, away. You can see the skyline way off in the distance, but there's hills and there's fog and it's creating like this. I don't even. Like the fog is trapped in between the mountains. It's like kind of yeah, hazy. It's like lines. It's creating these lines of dark and light. 
It definitely, yeah. But it's really interesting when you look at this and you kind of dissociate yourself a little bit. It looks like very like beginning of time vibe. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is It's primal. Very primal. And like you can barely see the city. You can barely see barely. it. I, I like how it's focused on like the land. When all this time we've been getting up close shots of the city and like the grids and the buildings and like the roads and the lights and all yep. this stuff. And now here we get just like palette the palette the color palette very light gray which is kind of new very reminiscent of the fizz on the screen Mm -hmm. if i might add but like very it's just so much more earthen you know what i mean Mm -hmm. than we've really been getting i know we've been getting trees and all that but just the i don't know like at at a high at a large scale i guess like that it's foggy like you can't really see and it's foggy anything it's very you can barely see the the bridge. Barely, you can see this. There's like an antenna tower, towers. like over here, and then the it's a beautiful the shot, though. Yeah, it's cool. Whoever took these, I assume they were there. We go flyover shots, but um, and then that changes to uh the skyline, and then we're getting a closer view of the skyline, and we're getting, oh hey, we're in Lily's neighborhood. Here's a guy jogging in the park across the street. We've oh, seen my this gosh. park. We've seen this park. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, and then we're clipping. Sorry, sorry. That was me. That was me. But this was so exciting. Like of when course, it cut man. to this, of course. I freaked. Yeah. Cuts back to we back boys. One of the first is this the first shot of the show? Lily standing at the window. Well, besides the montage, a very blurry, um, dark figure of Lily standing at a very. I think lit... the first shot is her getting out of bed, and then she moves to the window. I don't think so. I think this is the first shot of the show. We'll have to look it up and see. I should have already looked it up. I thought I thought uh, about it earlier and I forgot to do it. Well, okay. Anyway, Lily, she back. <laughs> yeah. Standing at the window. It's the same exact shot as the first episode, but all of a sudden like, she starts to hyperventilate. Like her her soul just got injected <laughs> back into her body. Yeah. Isn't that weird? In a moment of panic, she's like, where am I? What's happening? Yeah. Here, Sergey. Yeah, the boy's back, bed, boys. Like, what's going on? Did you have a bad dream? What's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. with their same headboard, which looks like the fuzzy static screen. Mm-hmm. That you know, it would have been cool if the headboard was different. It would have been cool if the headboard was Because that would have proven it. Kind of cool. Dang it. Um. Whatever. That would have been too obvious. Anyway... She's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, did you have a bad dream? I don't know. See, <laughs> she has yeah. no idea what's going on. This is like the first time we've ever heard someone say, I don't know, by the way. Don't know. It's not, I know. It's don't know. What? No. People have said I don't know before. I bet money on it right now. How okay, much do I bet? Ten bucks? I'll bet. Okay, ten bucks. I don't remember anyone saying that. Now I gotta rewatch the whole show to make sure. But I'm <laughs> almost positive someone has. I'm not so, paying you money. Anyway, she's in a panic. She runs to her... They're just like not uh, through her doors, <laughs> pushes them open, and is just kind of like staring around her living room, looking like, um, <gasps> didn't someone just get murdered in here a minute ago? Mm-hmm. All right, so we cut to Sergey and Lily walking out their door to go to work, and yep. there's Pete, just like the beginning, just like the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're having their same basic conversation, and he's like, "You guys have a great day." Says, be, be all, you, all can be. you can be. That's what we said last time. 
Which is hilarious now because now we know he's a Russian spy yeah. <laughs> and he's quoting army slogans to them, which is U.S. Army slogans. Oh, which is that's a U.S. Army slogan. I funny. can't believe I didn't notice that. Be all that you can be is a, the U.S. Army. That was like the commercial on right, yeah. TV for, for years. Sure. Um, and also, I feel like kind of a wink to be. To be or not to be. Be you, you be like you oh. are being again, whether you want to. And we to have or this Ongbaka music from way back when I talked about the layers and like all that. Oh, yeah, it's back, bro. We get that over shine, we got the shining shot on the Amaya statue, which is still there. I was surprised. Were you not surprised? That I was surprised. Yeah, I was like, why is the Amaya here? Colossus why is why is, is why is the there. company even still exist? That's what I thought. I was like, okay, if this is a reset. Would he not? Would he want to do technology still? Like that seems to me to be a kind of a beaten horse. You know. What I well, mean? I don't think though that this is wish fulfillment. This is they have taken all the data from his life and created the simulation. Right. Okay. According to that, they're just trying to make knowledge. it as similar as possible, just with his family back. That's what you're saying. Right. And he says later later that you've been reinserted back into your life a f- couple of days before Sergei's death. Mm-hmm. So things are definitely different here. Things are different. They're, that's for sure. But it's basically, he says, we got lucky. We we got one of the really great l- scenarios of, of oh. our lives. We are in paradise. Ah. Uh. That's Others are not. Didn't get so lucky. Oh, dude, what if we got like a montage of like all the lilies like in these new realities? That would have been whack, wouldn't that it? That would be whack. But anyway, it's Dang. just kind of interesting. Um, they show them riding back onto campus on their on the bus, and again, like you said, we get the shot of all the trees, and up above the trees, still Colossus Amaya. So, hmm, that gave me pause for a second, like. Oh my God! Are they really gonna end this with them being put right back into the same situation? Like they made a mistake. Oh, like Katie made a mistake. Oh, that'd be so lame. <laughs> and put them back into the same exact spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I really thought that's what was gonna happen. I was because gonna everything's s- deterministic and it's like it's a loop. It was just gonna be the same thing over again. Oh, that would have been so boring. Oh, I would have been. I would have been so angry. <laughs> but when you think about. Ex Machina. I know. Which I was because I'm like, okay, they're clearly drawing, they're connecting Deus with Ex Machina. Oh my God, if this is another icky ending. Mm -hmm. But not that that was a bad ending. I liked that movie, but it was not happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The only person who's happy was Ava. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone else, not happy. So I was really scared. And we had a conversation, do you remember this? Before we watched this finale. And you asked me, like, do you think you're going to like this finale? Mm-hmm. And I was terrified <laughs> yes. that I wasn't going to like it because I'm that. still traumatized from The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Okay. And I'm afraid that everyone making content that I like is going to disappoint me in the end. Mm. That's where my mind like is Like we've right switched now. over in the art world to being sellout Jumbo. <laughs> That's what you were thinking? I'm just... Come on now. I just... I didn't. I wouldn't think it was a sellout. I would just be like, "Well, that's his vision for the show, I guess." Which is, I'm, you know, I don't like that. I wouldn't have liked it. Mm-hmm. So that's when I saw Colossus Amaya. My 
heart sank. It really did. Oh. I thought, oh my god, <laughs> it's, this is gonna be the worst it's ending. <laughs> it's palps. It's just gonna be the worst ending. Yeah. But then I'll tell you what tipped me off that it wasn't gonna be the worst ending. When you saw Lyndon and Stewart. Lyndon and Stewart, but also something that you said you didn't even notice. The leg. Her friend Anya. Yeah, yeah all right. And Jen, her other friend, walk by. Anya had a prosthetic leg. Yeah. In cool. the other reality, and in this one, she has a leg, like a, a real leg. Yeah. There she is with yeah. her real leg. Wow. And I noticed it immediately, and I was like, oh, 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 mm-hmm. is this going to be a good ending? Oh, my God. Mm. And then there's Lyndon and Stuart, and they're sitting there being best friends again. That yeah. That made me happy. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. They're my homies, man. Me too. And then this whole thing with her, like... He's wearing the same shirt, by the way, that he wore. He is wearing the same shirt. Pretty sure she is wearing totally different clothes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I can't remember. I'd have to go back. I don't think that's the same. Um, And they're both wearing the same color jacket, which is a little odd for this show. And just for a show in general, you would generally not have your two people in the scene together wearing the exact same color jacket. You know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. It's an odd little choice and i purposely think they did it to for like a at like a mirror kind of a mm-hmm. homage to a mirror or something i don't know i haven't quite worked that out yet but it's odd that they both have mm-hmm. the same color on jacket mm-hmm. so anyway she's like let me see your phone <laughs> and they have this whole conversation and she's just like give me that sudoku game i want to see what it is <laughs> and he's just like you know what you know this is a big day for me. You're totally wrecking my vibe. Goodbye. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. They're making him super dickish in this <laughs> yeah, new realm. Yeah. Like, he's not nice like he was being before. He's actually kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Which is fine by me because we all know who she should be with anyway. Mm-hmm. So he goes through the door and still, like, the big Amaya face. Yep. All over. the. There's still Amaya everywhere. Interesting. Um... And you get then, that string music, by the way. It comes back, the weird interval music with the strings soloing. Yeah, and it's happy. It's it's, like, yeah, they're not this. It's actually, yeah, you're right. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's happy. Realized. It's all like happy music now. It's different, yeah. That's cool. Um, but she's standing at the, like, Tree. pausing right before she takes that little pathway to go to where the Dove's building is. And it's very odd. Because the camera tilts up at the trees and pauses. And then it tilts back down and shows you the path, which we just saw her walk down that path. Like, we know she went off into the woods. Why are we tilting back down to show that path? I honestly don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's, you must admit, that is an odd choice. It's weird. And I think what it means... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me try it. Let me try it. Let me try I want to try I'm going to watch it one more time. Oh, I went way too far. <laughs> All right. I think I know what it means. Okay. I, think, I guess go ahead, but like what? There's going to be way too much silence in this. Okay, episode. but like what? What What could this mean? I think it this means tree? because the trees represent the many worlds... Okay. So, I, oh, you think when it comes back down, it's a different world? I think so. 
Oh. Or I want them, I want, okay. they want us to think about it. They want us to think like, it could be a different world now. Like we just cut to a different world with the same exact trees and the same exact path, but it's different because sure. it's many worlds now. I wish there was some other sign though. I don't think there is another sign They're other not. than that. They're messing with us. They're totally messing with us right now. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate that. That's insulting. This whole show is messing with us. The trees! Yay! Then she walks through the woods with all the halo trees. All the trees. Coolest thing in the world. I kind of yes. want some of those in my yard. Honestly, man. Because they're cool. Mm-hmm. She seems very in a daze still um, walking through the trees. But, um... Yeah, we're finally, we're back to getting all these nice overshots of the tree. It cuts the then trees. to those trees we've seen a million times that surround the devs building, and there's the field, no devs oh, building. See, and here we're getting like three themes like layered on top of each other. It's like really it's whack, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's cool how he does that, how they Interesting. do that. So Colossus Amaya still exists, but the devs building does not. Wait a minute. She's wearing all white. She has her jacket in her hand, though. She purposely takes off her jacket. So now she's wearing all white. But I don't think she's wearing white underneath, white underneath that jacket. Was she, she was. Oh, It's okay. the same outfit. But she does, perp- I mean, she took her jacket off. Now she's literally wearing all freaking white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's got that infinity necklace, though. It's still there. Does not happen in the show. People just don't wear all white in the show. That's Sorry. true. This is weird. <laughs> this is weird. Oh, yeah. And speaking to the infinity necklace, um, this is episode eight. And I don't know if they did this on purpose. And the infinity sign looks like an eight. She's I know. been wearing that necklace, I think, all this time. No, I'm saying it's episode eight. They are now in the infinite, which is also a callback to uh, 2001, by the way. Um, sure. Right. But an eight is an infinity symbol turned upright. So just saying. True. True. Hmm. Did they purposely make eight episodes just to make that work out? (laughs) Maybe. I wouldn't put it past. I wouldn't either, I guess. Alex Garland. The man is nuts. I hope he hears that. I hope he hears me calling him nuts. (laughs) I like the shot and how there's like a little gateway of trees behind them as they're Mm -hmm. talking. Yeah. Lots of trees behind them. But anyway, she walks this into the whack, field. This is whack, man. They're like talking. They're chilling in the multiverse. <laughs> she walks into the field where the devs building no longer is to find Forrest, Leanne, his wife, and Woo! Amaya hanging out, playing in this field. Yay. And it's the same Amaya from as from the opening montage. Um, and she's looking adorable. Mm-hmm. But... Forrest has now become this. He's this dad. <laughs> kind of. Like this da- very, Look at his glasses. He's, he's got glasses. He's got his, on his shades yeah. in his pocket. He's living his best life in his new simulation. Um, But, you know, she's still very, very out of sorts. And he basically just flat out says, I asked Katie to resurrect us using data from the moment of our deaths. This is what happened. So our memories leading up to that moment are kept intact. That's yes, the cross we have to bear. Yes, sir. We know that this is a simulation. No one else knows. Yes. Just us. And he starts saying, like, this is the afterlife. This is paradise. In this variation, you have your life back, reinserted into existence a couple of days before Sergei's killed. 
you can just pick up where you left off if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he, she asks him, Saria doesn't know, do they know, like his wife and kid? And he says, no one knows, just you and me. I they have a question. are Adam and Eve. I have a question. What? Does he still believe in predeterminism? Yes. Then why does it seem like he's telling her to like live your life, like live your live your life, like? Well, I don't get it. There is no Dev's Lab, and at least yet. So there is no way of watching oh, yeah. what's coming. Yeah. So in essence, they are free. They 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 aren't going to be able to know what's coming. So they're just like even if determinism is is real they don't know what's coming so he's just like just do whatever you would normally do you do you do you is basically Mm -hmm. what he's saying and there's no devs lab for us to be even tempted there's no more tree of the knowledge of good and evil Mm -hmm. anymore they are adam and eve yeah they are in eden they are in paradise and they are going to stay there until breaking <laughs> forever yeah i guess until they die or until also notice her earrings change <laughs> anyone knows you didn't point that out right her earrings change after all this time they're different they're just circles what about the other ear the other ear is the one that has the oh does it i think yeah. i made that mistake too last time no in the window I, when she was looking out the window it was still the same three earrings i think okay interesting um you're seeing the other ear right now i guess her we rarely see this side of her face. Rarely, <laughs> you're right. You rarely do see the left side of her face. That's, That's coincidental, funny. I think, but maybe not. Maybe um, not, I guess. But anyway, he says that right now we're living in the Ugh. mini worlds. He's like, let's get coffee sometime. Would you stop moving ahead? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought, I thought we already were kind of past that. No. All right. He says we're now living in the mini worlds. We're in paradise. However, there are other worlds. That'll be closer to hell. Sorry about that, those guys. Yes, sir. Um, so for those other harder lives, we have to lead. I thought knowledge would be a comfort. So, and they're actually showing us clips of those other worlds because you see, yes, sir. as he's giving her this spiel, it's cutting to like a darker place. Same place, but darker. The cinematography changes. It's like yeah. red. Then it gets really dark. Mm-hmm. When he says, I don't know if that's right, but it's the choice I made. Mm-hmm. And then we get back to the lit world where they are. Um, are we supposed to believe that the things he says in the darker world are things he doesn't say in the lighter world? Or is that like permeate, permeating across all many worlds I think it's, coincidentally? I think it's permeating across all the worlds. He's giving her that same speech in different worlds. That's cool to think about. It's messed up. It is. Um, so oh, it's cool, not messed up. He says, I I thought I'd exercise a little free will. I think that's supposed to be a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, and then he touches her shoulder and her, f- he cups her face. <laughs> I know, dude. With his hand. I know, dude. And his her shoulder with his other hand. And he's like, there's something so special about you that I that is so unique that I didn't want it to change. I wanted you to stay you. And... You know, then the one thing that made me cringe, he does tell her to smile. I, I hate that. You know how much I hate that. When guys, True. when people tell women to smile, I want to punch them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll let it go. Alex Garland, I'll let it go. 
But maybe he put that in there to be just slightly annoying. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, But hey, smile. We lucked out. This life is one of the good ones. What's the matter? Like, he's just like so happy right now. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, "Uh, okay, (laughs) what? Yeah. She literally says, I don't know what to do now. And he says, well, that's easy. You've always known what to do. You follow your own path. That's exactly what's special about you. Hey, let's get coffee sometime. And then he walks off back to his mm. family. <laughs> I feel like she's not going to do that. <laughs> I feel like she's not going to do that. Yeah. But the whole deal with him saying, you know, this is one of the good realities and it's paradise. Look, there's no devs. My wife's alive. My kid's alive. Hey, guess who else might be alive? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, what do you get? What? Like, what do you got to complain about? <laughs> I guess. True. So, don't you think that this is very much. They've gone from. We've talked a lot about who is God in this scenario, who's the Messiah. Yeah, we have. Who are these different characters representing and how it keeps flip flopping mm-hmm. back and forth and back and forth. And now the machine is God mm-hmm. for sure. That's what I'm saying. Kind of like what I said earlier about how, like, when war happens and no one's left, what's remaining? That's the machines. You know what I mean? Like, they always win, is what I'm saying. But now, Forrest and Lily are the machines. Are Adam and Eve. Right. I understand. In paradise. Mm-hmm. But the tree is gone. So they have nothing to tempt them. I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. True. True. I cannot tell you how mm. much I love that. It's deep. Yeah. So then we get a shot of her, right? And they're back to having the illusion of free will. Like, it's, it's, it literally is perfect. Like, it's the perfect life for him, anyway, and probably maybe for her. We'll see later. Mm -hmm. So, weirdly, this was so weird. This little weird epilogue thing that happens with Katie. Yeah, it's cool. Miss Senator is back. After a while. Totally forgot she even existed Mm because that was so long ago. But she shows back up in this little weird epilogue and, you know, her and Katie are watching Forrest and his family and probably Lily on the projection screen. Katie is looking very, very sad and I feel bad for her. Um, And the senator says, who else knows about this? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like anybody else besides the people who work here. And Katie's like, nope, nobody else knows about this. Right. Um, I just need you to help me keep it switched on. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting there crying yeah, because my she's boy. watching someone she was deeply in like with. <laughs> yes. Reunited yes. with his dead wife and child. Mm-hmm. And she had to sacrifice her relationship for him to be happy. And I just feel really bad for yeah, Katie, even though... Who doesn't? Well, I mean, even though, like, the last episode... We were kind of mad at her because she sort of kind of killed Lyndon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I just feel really bad for her. Yeah, I guess. You don't feel bad for her? I mean, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm not going to toil over it. Yeah, I feel bad. Rip my boy. I said rip my boy. That's me feeling bad. Oh, respects. for Katie? Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, I bet you're not going to lose any sleep over poor Katie. No. <laughs> Who's probably gonna sit there? <laughs> who's probably gonna sit there for like years now? Yeah, it's rough, man. Watching to them. Think about. Yeah. It's weird. And then I was thinking about where is Katie 
in the paradise. We don't see I don't her. think she exists in the paradise. I think she exists. I just think she doesn't know Forrest because they didn't build devs. He didn't want to build devs, so he didn't need to go find her and pull her out of school. Yeah, so she's probably just living... She's just a normal Life as a physicist? Person. Yeah, I guess. You know, we, we can postulate, but... I wonder if he ever, like, gets in a fight with his wife if he's going to go look her up. Oh. (laughs) Aw. Because he knows she's out there. I mean, (laughs) I don't think so, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Never know. Or he might just go hire her because he knows she's very talented. I think that's silly. Maybe. (laughs) Um, I don't think we're supposed to worry about that. Okay. So the last scene of this entire show made me so damn happy yeah man we got our boy it cuts to the city at night and who do we see but our beloved it's the homie jamie he's back he's wearing the shirt he's wearing both the shirt and the jacket that he gave her to wear ah oh he gave them to her to wear when she didn't have clothes and now that's what he's wearing and she yells his name from across the plaza, and he stops <laughs> and looks at her. Okay. It's so funny, So dude. there is this big, wide stripe yeah, on that. the ground. Yep. She's standing on one side of the stripe. He's standing on the other side of the stripe. Mm-hmm. And they're just standing there staring at each other. And then you see her walk right up to that line and hesitate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then... St- rushingly steps over it and grabs him and hugs him and he's just standing there like dude his face <laughs> it's good eye acting man this is great eye acting in like doesn't know mm-hmm. if he should move or he's what like, he should do he's like and then the... the last shot is he closes his he hugs her and he closes his eyes yeah and hugs her tighter and in the end we get the best scene the in the whole card, show. The title card, which has changed <laughs> Yay. to Deus. Yeah, boys. They're not even trying. You know, I got to believe, though. Do we call it Deus now or Devs? We can't call it Deus to anyone who, unless we know for a fact they've seen the whole thing. Yes, we can finally say it's that, It's a spoiler. Though. We've been waiting. Guys, you don't even get it. We've been waiting. I've been waiting all this time to call it Deus on the podcast. That's nah, true. Excited. We've known for a very long time because we're so I've behind. Been, but I don't think you've been consciously trying to not say it. I've been consciously trying to not bring oh, it really? up. Oh, really? Because I want to talk about it. It's crazy cool, man. Okay. Another thing that makes this show stand apart from others. The title changes at the end. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, when has that ever happened? Give me an example of a show or movie that that's happened. It's never happened. I can't think of one. Yeah. It's never happened. And also, I just want to talk about Old. finally, finally... The D in devs or deus, whatever we want to call it, and the A's at Amaya, the letter A's, are like circles, basically, but broken circles. Like the cycle has been broken. See the D? Is it not like that? No, it is. I'm saying all the A's and the D Mm -hmm. are like that. They're like little circles yeah. but then like weren't they like that the whole time yes oh well, but i'm saying like it's symbolic of the oh, whole show like foreshadowing yeah that oh, it's yes. it's not it's the circle has for been, sure the cycle has been broken is basically that's facts 
That's facts. The uh, the machine done broke mm-hmm. in a way, but also is perfect in a way. It's working, bro. <laughs> it's doing all the work. <laughs> Yay. We made it. We get the music, too. It's kind of chill. Anyway. Does it end with the music that we've been hearing? Oh. No, I don't think it does. It ends with some other music. Okay. Let's watch Handmaid's Tale. That's what's coming up next time. <laughs> I, I can't handle Handmaid's Tale. It <laughs> gave me so many nightmares. Sure. As opposed to Doves, which... Gave me dreams. <laughs> ...makes me so happy. So can we just talk about the fact that Alex Gardland insists... All right. And I've seen other reviews of people who did not like that ending because they think <gasps> it's dark. Oh. Oh, because it's not the real... It's yes, not perfect. It's But flawed. I read an interview with with Alex Garland and he insists in his opinion that is a happy ending everyone is reunited to their loved ones yes they die in the one realm in the mm-hmm. one reality but like the whole point of the show is if it's a simulation and you it don't, don't matter homie. It, you can't tell the difference see yeah okay I get what you're saying yeah finish why it. is this sad yeah dude honestly it's not big it's a happy cojones. Ending. Big, big cojones, dude. Because here's the deal: we compare the reaction, this kind of ending to Lost. I think on the off the mic, we've talked about it. We've talked yes, to, like it, we, it felt very Lostian. Yeah. So, but that ending received so much flack. But it's the only way it could have ended. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what else is going to happen? A, a new show all of a sudden starts? Agreed. No, the concept needs to come to a close in a way that makes sense according to the concept. Right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's like, well, why did I just watch this whole thing then? If that was the concept the whole time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You build on that. This show, it did not wuss out. It was not like, I'm going to press the restart button and then everything's fine again. No. It's like, this is rooted in concepts that could be governing our reality you know what i mean yes. like, that's what intrigues him clearly and he obviously is showing that when he says when forrest is like you won't notice T- it takes a while but you won't even notice you know what i mean like you'll get used to it you'll get used to it i mean imagine if you knew you were in a simulation right imagine if i told you and i was god and i was like yo this is actually not real you're being watched by a bunch of other people in an alternate reality, by the way, on a TV screen. You're a simulation. We created you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How would you take that? <laughs> you would not just be like, well, that's cool. I mean, yeah, maybe you would at some point. <laughs> but at the beginning, if you were told by God this, you'd be like, like, oh, nothing's real. Well, like freaking out a little bit. Especially if you had memories from your other existence that you And no one else real. does. Yeah, and no one else does. So like, what do you think's going to happen, bro? What do you think's going to happen? I mean, okay, if you wanted it to end, like, you press the restart button, I'm sorry, but, like, this is not the type of show to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you've been watching this show with at all a brain in your head, and you're like, yeah, but, you know, Lily gets back together with Jamie, he gets back together with his wife and kid, like, yeah, 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 that's fine, but it's not real. But it's like, nothing's but they real. Just spent, they just spent... <laughs> that's the point. 15 minutes telling you, you can't tell the difference. Like, that's what the whole conversation was about. Like, she's like, no, 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 this is just a movie. She's going through the motions, and he's like, so are we. Right. I mean, listen. It's the same I, thing. Th- okay, I will and admit... And that girl on that screen has no idea that she's a yeah. simulation. Right. I will admit, though, with Lost, Lost, there was no real exposition 
of the ending concept, though. Like, there were theories kind of circulating, I think, in the community that you tell me about that were happening, you know, going around. But I don't think there was ever a moment in the show, correct me if I'm wrong, that someone was like, we're actually dead. Like, no, like, we're we're actually dead. Until you realize when Jack's father comes and talks to him and he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, they do tell you at that point, yes. But that's after the fact. This like, we is know an afterlife now scenario that's been happening. This has been given to us 15 minutes before it actually happened. This is the difference, I think. The reason people did not understand the, le- the ending of Lost, I think, is because it was not spoon-fed to you. But the reason... This is why this show is but so this masterful. this didn't feel spoon-fed either. No, but but it was, though. It doesn't feel like it when you're in the moment. It just feels like something Forrest would say because he's a maniacal, crazy person. You know what I mean? But when that is actually the governing principle of an entire series that you've been watching, look at the irony. You know what I mean? Like, this is the way, you know? <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to end. I don't know what you'd expect. I mean, I didn't know you weren't listening. I, I didn't would say, know. I, 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 well, okay. Like I said, I had fears about how it was going to end and that's in what, a dark place. Just because. It is kind of dark, though. But to you me, know? like I'm, I'm as a viewer. I'm with, I'm with Alex Garland. I think it is a happy. It ending. is a very happy ending, right? In a it's very, human. in a very mind f kind of a way. But if you understand the mind f, then it is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. If you can wrap your head around that and be like, within the frame of reference of the show, this is great. You know, what I mean, just say that. That means it's a happy ending, does it not? Like, what the heck? Yeah. So, like, I mean, being happy is a relative thing, I think. It's an objective, uh, su- sorry, subjective concept, right? Like, different things make people happy for different reasons. Sure. And, but I think what's really cool about this is there is no subjective, subjectivity being used in this show, right, at this time. Like, with the ending of this show, this is how it was going to happen. There's no, like, opinion. There's no bias in how the show ended. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. it everything's predetermined. It's a simulation. Boom. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. that's it. There's no, like, happiness will always end. Like, no. Love is, the it's like, the most powerful thing in the world. Like, Star Wars, right? Like, Star Wars ends. But with, that like, is what you called that theme out super early in the show. The love thing, yeah. But That love is going to be the answer in the end. And it was. Yeah. How could you not think that? <laughs> That's what I gotta ask. I'm like, that because is clearly this, the thing. this was such a weirdo sci-fi... Maybe that's just me. Whatever. ...show. Like, I would, I never really consider that to be any kind of a theme for a, a Dang, hardcore dude. sci-fi show. And like, like I said... Like, why did Forrest do anything? We started <laughs> the show thinking this was going to be about the tech, espionage, sure, murder, like all this high intensity stuff mm-hmm. like an action yeah. show or something and it turned into something completely different yeah right before our eyes mm-hmm. but it made so much sense that it did that that is that once i started once it started down that path i was like Oh my God, Colin's right. This is all <laughs> about love. Woo. And when she started falling back in love Never with Jamie, right. yeah. I was like, well, it's... <laughs> well, <laughs> well. That, but that's why I was so scared that they were going to botch the last episode and try to be badasses and try to be all dark and moody. 
And again, relating it I to know Ex, Ex Machina, Ex Machina know. and how dark that is. But he's a an artiste. I understand that this was it, this is a companion piece. Yep. It's a Not... dual pro- it's a dual protagonist film or show. Interestingly enough, when you could you brought up earlier once all this stuff started happening with Forrest, his behavior in this episode, you realized, you started to think, like, wait a minute, he might not actually be the antagonist that we thought he was this whole time. He yep. ends up being the mentor, which is so whack. Oh, maybe it's not dual protagonist, very, like, like cut and dry dual protagonist, but if you want to talk about Hero's Journey, which I know you will next time, I strongly think you can consider this whole thing as a dual story arriving at the i mean it all arrives at the I'm same sure point that, i'm sure which that means if, it is dual i'm i'm so. mostly concentrating on lily being the the hero the quote-unquote hero but hmm. if i sat down and tried to um frame it around forest and, and also very probably yeah like it would probably work for him too if you try to you switch the focus but I'm going to argue that he ends up in that mentor position. Sure. I mean, I Which suppose. is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. So but the mentor bizarre. lives. And the mentor lives. Case, technically dies, but it works still. It, it works. still works. I know. That's why I'm like, God, what? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine writing devs as a book. All I know is. Cool. To read. Poor Alex Garland. If I ever run into him at any time. I'm going anytime I go to Comic Con. Oh, dude, willing. do you think there's gonna be like Devs Comic Con? No, because <gasps> it's over. But Alex Garland is around. Like he's always working on stuff and doing stuff. I hope this just doesn't get lost in the woodwork, man. I hope so too. I just it's gotta can't be with that. It's gotta be up there. Like I hate to say right now today, this is in my top five favorite shows of all time. How could it not be, dog? It's the because best, bro. I, time will tell. Honestly, time will You're tell. You're just letting nostalgia hit you and where it counts, and I don't let myself do that. No, that's not it at all. I fight nostalgic tooth and nail. You know that. <laughs> okay. I hate it, actually. All right, all right. I'm trying to give it... I gotta give it some time, because again, it is only eight episodes. I'm tired of hearing that, bro. We're gonna put an eight-episode show that I just saw, which is my new shiny toy like like what my friends over at blast points podcast always say when there's a new star wars movie it's like and it comes out on dvd and you run out to the store and you buy the new star wars movie because we're huge star wars fans and it's like no way it's like the new baby you bring it home and you're making your let's rank our star wars movies and that new movie is always at the top because it's your new baby and you love your new baby that did so not much. happen with this one though well no it didn't <laughs> but it certainly that was did. at the bottom of my list chief it, we don't even consider rise of skywalker even at all anymore that's really funny it doesn't exist but like it happened with force awakens it happened that's with rogue true. one it happened with that Last is Jedi. true that's true that's it's all the true. shiny it's the brand new little baby that you love and you just want to cuddle it and hold it all the time and look at it all the time Okay, but I can analytically tell you my favorite TV shows, five favorite TV shows, just from years and years of watching TV. I can just pull up. I know which ones are the best. I understand. Me you know? too. But I'm saying, yes, I love this show. And this is, I did a whole podcast on this show. That's how much I fell in love with this show. Indeed. But I am not yet ready to unseat, like, I'm not even sure <sighs> what show I would be unseating. Probably Breaking Bad. 
But you can't compare them, though. But you have to. If you're making a top five list, you have to compare them. And... Or maybe it would be Battlestar Galactica. That would be fine. I would be honest. I would say this is better than Battlestar Galactica. The shock value in, like, what the plot did, where the plot went with the show, hit me way harder than Battlestar Galactica did. Yeah, but... We just rewatched Battlestar Galactica. I know, dude. Me and your dad and your sister. I know. And I haven't seen that show in maybe four to five years. Dang. And no, also, I want to say you've only watched it once and you binged yep. it really fast. And I don't recommend that at all. I remember it's too it long very clearly. Still, I just okay. rewatched it. That show kicks ass. <laughs> All right. It really does. Yeah, sure. It has many similar themes to the show. But it's too long. Sorry. It is a little long. Too long. There is a little... um, There is fluff. fluff. However, back when that show was made, you had to deliver a season of television that had 20 20 episodes in it. That's true. It is a totally different world now. That is true. So... Ah. It's uh, hard. It's That's hard. what I'm saying. <laughs> you can't just tell me I'm supposed to chuck that out the window and put Deus there instead. Because I'm not sure. Because it's not quite fair to do that yet. We'll see. We'll see. Ask me again in three years. Oh, I can't wait. Because then we're going to get a better <laughs> show. It's just going to keep going. True. You never know. That's another thing. Like, you're always like, you should put Legion in your top five for sure. I'm like, I can't put, I know for a fact I can't put Legion in my top five. I know I can't. I'll never understand that. That I know. Fine. It's in the top ten. It's not in the top That's five. stupid. So is like, like King of Queens. Like, oh, that's a- <laughs> stop it. But okay. devs might make the cut. We, okay, here's Possibly. the thing, though. We'll if see. you're going to put Breaking Bad and devs and Battlestar Galactica and Lost on the same list, you're doing it wrong. You need to have separate lists for different facets of the film slash TV. No. For the film TV. That's what I do, at least. Because well, that makes it way cheater. easier. No, what is it? <laughs> you cannot compare Breaking Bad and devs. You can't. You can't. They are different shows. Bro. They work on completely different levels. The whole completely different concept is completely different. Five shows. Name your five shows. You, you can't don't do get that. You don't get five animated shows, five sci-fi shows, five comedy shows. No, 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 no. Well, I wouldn't speak on genre. Five. No, 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 no. You can mix genres, but I'm talking about like cinematography, direction. No, you have to. Com- nope. Top five. The end. Well, maybe what I would do is I would make those separate lists and then see. Like, which ones I chose the most. You know what I mean? Like, let's say I, I choose devs for cinematography, devs for acting, devs for the, you know. Then I know that that's, like, my favorite. And I can, like, p- trickle down, right? Like, whatever's the second most often chosen. I get that. You know. You see what I'm saying? I feel like that's a good way to do it. For I mean, me, I think I do that I mentally, and that's how I come to my top five. But I guess I can't, I can't on my, on the spot just, like, organize my thoughts and compile that list. But uh, I, I would probably end up saying that devs is definitely top five i would probably say at least second best Ooh. so we'll see i, I don't know because i'm very conflicted with legion if I'm being i know honest. You are. so yeah. i really need to do a rewatch of legion to be honest <laughs> ask her do it <laughs> legion podcast <laughs>
Please. You want okay. me to be engaged? Get me on a Legion podcast. I would. That would be it. Go for it. Bolero is in the music. Buddy, buddy, we have the mics. We have the power to do this. All right, we're not done with this podcast, actually. No, we're not. But I, I, go soon. <laughs> I would have to take the back seat on the Legion podcast. You would you would be steer- driving and I Ooh. would be co-piloting. All right. I, we also should watch Twin Peaks, though, because there's oh, so much Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks in that show that we have to relate it to Twin Peaks. I legit, every time I watch Twin Peaks, have a cycle of nightmares, though. Which it's is, so good. It's so hard for me to watch it. I get so worked up. You know, but, watch Pan's anyway. Labyrinth and Twin Peaks, and then you'll have nightmares for oh, like years. <laughs> and Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, sure. I don't. That stuff doesn't scare me. I guess. Oh, well, and you ain't a woman. I know. That's why. I, that's why I said that stuff doesn't scare me. All right, all right. Personally. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um. Boom. Dude. So that was episode eight. Yeah. In my opinion, Chef's Kiss, perfect ending. Oh, bro, please, Colin. I think agrees. Yeah. And we are going to have an episode nine in which we talk about. We should just call it episode nine recap. Just basically whatever we want to talk about that applies to the entire show rather than just a specific episode. Mm -hmm. Like if I want to talk about Stuart for 15 minutes, I'm going to talk about Stuart for 15 minutes. Sure. (laughs) That's how it's going to roll. That's how we're going to do it. Um, so again, thank you for listening to. Yeah, this is where we lose all the viewers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe. I hope not. Maybe I think not. the last one will be the best. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if more than two people listen to episode nine. But um, <laughs> Dad will. I won't even care because I just honestly like talking to you about this show because the sure. show blew my head off. Yeah. Quite honestly, I was not expecting it to be this good. Also, at all. To be, you know what? I'm tired of this though. I feel like every time you watch the show, that's good. I'm always the one to be handed it by you. I want to watch the show together every time. Same with Legion. Same with Battlestar Galactica. All the shows you're giving me, I want a show that we have. You know what I mean? Then you need to watch more TV. I watch TV. Dude. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Stop spending so much time on. I'm watching the 100. Like schoolwork. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? <laughs> This is important. I am very much kidding. But oh. that is the, that is the nature of the beast. Like, I don't have a job outside this house. So, mm-hmm. and I am a total introvert. And mm-hmm. we are in the middle of a pandemic. So what have I been doing but watching show after show after show? After rewatching show. shows after shows. Rewatching some shows. More than after watching show. shows, I would say. Well, that's not true. You're watching, like, Tits Creek. You're watching. Uh, what's that other one you're watching a lot? Um, Oh. She-Ra. Yeah, She-Ra. Um, By the way, watch She-Ra. Oh, oh. my God. So good. <laughs> Maybe you, sh- you and Delaney should have a She-Ra podcast. She wanted to, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if we can do that. Oh, bruh. It's over, though. Like, it's legitimately 30 minute podcast episodes you wouldn't even notice. <sighs> Maybe. Come on. Maybe. That's not fair. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, I've been watching a lot of TV. So that's the nature <laughs> of why that happens, because I see everything first, and then I'm like, hey, it's annoying. <laughs> I just watched your new favorite show. Yeah, that's what you said. You, like, texted me, and you were like, and I was like, man, Called get death. out of here. Because when you just watched Legion, I was like, I remember being like, there's no way this is better than Legion, bro. And then, boom. And actually, I was like, well actually i don't know yet because there's only been a couple episodes but it might be better than legion and you scoffed at me i did i was like well 
If I'm gonna be honest, though, right? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my list. I'm gonna come back this next episode. I'm gonna have my top five. Okay. And one of the things I'm going to make as my list is style, style, just style. You know. So that's not really including cinematography. That's more just like feel. Like when I watch the show, my experience. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean. Okay. Style is a very hard thing to define. I've, it I've is. found a really hard time. You know who did a really good job defining it, by the way? Cindy Lumet. Really good job. Oh. It helped me understand what the heck that meant when people say, I don't like your style. Like, what does that mean? You don't like me? What? what? <laughs> but anyway, um, Legion, in my opinion, has a fresher and really avant-garde style, in my opinion. Dude, think about... We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Listen. Listen. No, 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 no. In case no, no, you're no. wondering, I'm making a stank face no, no, right no, no, now. No, 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 no. You know that one have the sequence? The sequence when they're in the hospital, it's yeah. black and white, and you got the bolero. Sure. Bro, you can't tell me that ain't new. All right? I'm going to be straight up honest. That's so new. Like, that feeling of just like, oh, this is crazy. Like, this show is very philosophical, right? Uh-huh. Is philosophy new? No. And that is how I determine that category, I would say. You have the right that's all, yeah. Your that's your wrong opinion. Yeah, dude. Hey, maybe <laughs> Devs gets every other category. Maybe Devs gets every other okay. category, and they will win anyway. All right. So. Fine. But, oh, man, just when you watch Legion, it's like okay. watching. This is, we've got dude. to end this episode. We're talking about Devs, okay? Legion podcast. That'd be all so right. cool. I would if be so If you care down. to reach out to us on social media oh, sure. to tell us to shut, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Such a yap. <laughs> We do not have Decoding Devs social media. However, mm-hmm. I have a, a personal Twitter handle that is at Frey Adjacent. Colin is on Instagram at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. And we both have private Facebook accounts if you want to yes, sir. give us your opinions on. I love talking about devs, so anybody wants to. Yeah. If y'all got some theories out there, man. Oh my gosh, I really would love. Here's the problem with this feedback. podcast. I feel like this podcast is so biased. We have our interests in Catholicism and in Greek mm-hmm. mythology, but what if someone out there just like has Nordic mythology to just like whip in and just like totally spin it on its head? And I'll be That'd honest, be so cool. I have not. I have purposely not been seeking out other yeah you don't want to be like right I don't want to see YouTube it's channels. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. read other people's. Are there YouTube channels about this show? There are. I Googled Dang, because I was trying That's to cool. see. I Just today, actually, I was trying to see if anybody else had figured out the lyrics to that Obad that they wrote. And um, yeah, there's there's a few YouTube channels. There's Dang. one other podcast that I have not listened to yet that I'm, Whoa. I'm looking forward to listening to. <laughs> I haven't listened to it because I didn't want the influence. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, And then just, yeah, there's other people out there talking about it. There's a... There's lots of stuff on Reddit, but I don't usually do Reddit at all because it scares me. Right. I'm going to wrap this up. I got this. What? Oh, you're going to wrap it up? I want you to say the last word, literally, but this is our last statement. We're wrapping up the episode. Here we go. (laughs) Long time ago, we talked about, my mom and I talked about how Legion, and I know you're crazy. I'm crazy. No, but I have a point here to make. All right. We talked about how Legion is going to be a show that film students and media students will study because of how impactful it is 
safely 100% if this ain't that type of show, man. You know what I mean? Like, this show has the marks of, like, next level film. Do you understand? Do you agree? Like, I just think it is a... It's next level, bro. It is for, as as I've read Alex Garland say... Yeah, dude. This show is for people who want to step inside. Yeah, dude. They're not just going to be the ones that sit there and watch... A plot unfold. A plot unfold. They actually want to get in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they're... The things that we are pointing out are not accidents. And he basically is saying there are so many levels that we have put into this show that if you are into diving into things like that, this is your show. Yeah. And he is a thousand percent. He's on the nerd's side. On the money with that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that like may that be the case. Sure. But I mean, that totally sub, that totally uh, is kind of into what I'm saying though. Yes, I know. That's like, exactly what you're trying to If say. there ain't a textbook <laughs> written, I'll write it. I will be glad to write that textbook. You know what I mean? But I want to see 20 years from now, film take from this type of show you know we don't get this type of stuff in film man there's not enough time i guess in a film in order to extrapolate upon this idea that's why he's like all about doing tv now instead of film but like imagine if like noah hawley or alex garland let's i know he's made you know annihilation and like all that sure but i want to see like he sounds kind of done with films now but okay fine someone take the torch man I want to see some new stuff, you know? I want to see stuff like this. I want to see stuff that's not spoon-fed to a brainless public. You know what I mean? He, this man, went through... Imagine how much time he spent compiling all this, all these relationships. And, mm-hmm. like, dude, I just can't imagine. Like, I think about, like, when I have to listen to pieces of music at school, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, this is the most boring piece of... Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, like, so boring because everything is so spoon-fed, I feel like, nowadays in art. Think about like a car, you know, TV, right? Think of, just think of a show, you know, like so spoon fed. It's like, man, I personally like to believe that as humans, like we are the most intellectual beings on the planet. Exercise that. Of course. You know? And this show does that for you. It yes, gives it you that ability to exercise this intelligence that a lot of things do not do. And I don't. Which is nuts. I to don't me. know if I mentioned how this show actually single-handedly brought me out of a clinical depression. Yeah. Yeah. It did. That's true. Yeah. I mean... 40-year-long thing. Yeah. It really, really, honestly, and truly Mm -hmm. did. I was down. Mm Mm-hmm. And just... Ugh. I recall. And going to (laughs) therapy and having panic attacks and, like, all of this stuff was happening. And... I know you went to therapy. Yeah. And um, I started watching this and it gave me something for my brain yep. to work on. Yep. And thank God, because honestly, I probably would still be in that kind of a state if not. So I know people are going to think I'm being hyperbolic. I'm not. Yeah, at no, all. It's, it's not hyperbolic. I but, was uh, really, really... I was there. Down but... and out. And it really, really gave my... It made... I get endorphins from thinking about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many people, people are do, like, "Go think, run!" But... 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't you know? think that works on me. I think I have the <laughs> anti-endorphin when I run. Ah. And I feel 10 times worse when I'm done running than I do when I start. Fascinating. But watching this kind of art, like you're saying, that is just, you can step into it and not just It's your watch. work, too. You know, like you play a part in your interpretation, which I think is really cool. Yeah. That's another thing. That's what I'm trying to say. You should I be think. talking to this about episode nine. This is episode nine. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. This is a wrap up, man. This is we just talked about the ending of the show. I'm going to talk about how I felt after watching this. Okay. This is kind of like me explaining what I've thought about the ending. Okay, fine. If it's about the ending, yes, that's good. But interpretationally speaking, so much television and like film is not interpretational, really. To the core of literally everything about this show, you can interpret from so that's many different true. ways. That is So true. many. Like, watch the show backwards. And it's Hell. so meta because it's about many worlds. Yeah. The idea of it is it's interpretational. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everything about it is, everything is deterministic, but also there's many worlds. You know what I mean? So really there's multiplicities of determinism, which is infinite, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a commentary, in my opinion, maybe on how life can be perceived you know and how everything is interpretational if you really think about it and like that's new to me you know that's all i'm trying to say i think it's all from a certain point of view (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is no it is and with art you know it art is from a certain point of view you know oh it it is by its nature a hundred percent subjective it is and like man it's so i'm gonna talk on a personal level maybe a little bit it took me a year and a half no cap year and a half to understand that principle in like deep down to internalize this principle of the subject the subjectivity of art because i was trying to make my own artwork in a frame that did not work you know i tried something for a year and a half and it didn't work i lost sleep I w- I've been like emotionally impacted. My frustration has risen. My impatience has risen all this time because of it. And I finally was able to actually, ironically, because of this quarantine, being at home in a calmer environment, I'm and being able to talk about devs and like the things I really understand. For example, that really helped me like calm down and begin to think outside the box more than inside the box that I was limiting myself to and just banging on the walls of my box. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is frustrating, I'm bad, like, all this. The lessons certainly didn't help. My my thoughts of inadequacy as a percussionist and composer did not help, right? But things like this allow me to, similar to kind of what you're saying, just, like, sh- just shut up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it shuts me up, and I'm like, this is something I can interpret, and I'm going to interpret this and see what I can do with my new self, you know what I mean, like, after that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me into this piece I'm running right now. Actually, this sh- the I'm working on this like series of scientific like pieces inspired from scientific principles and experiments and all that. I'm working on one about the Stroop effect, which I'm not going to talk about right now. But I but this show inspired me to write a piece about the Everett interpretation, which I'm going to be working on later. So it's just like it's cool to see how I this show really speaks to me in a way that allows me to be able to put out my own art, which is really special to me. And I think a lot of things don't do that for me. I kind of just watch it and I put it away. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's whack and it's cool. That's like a little thing of my own 
you know, this show is so little, like eight episodes and no one knows about it. It's like, this is a really intimate thing, which I think is really special. And I, again, I had a really hard time with my art before this show came out, if I'm being honest. And it kind of got me thinking bigger picture about like philosophy and and free freedom and like all this stuff. And like, I've been applying that to my work and my lessons have been going great. I feel like my mood about my composition has been great. I'm able to prepare better for lessons and think more clearly, I think, than about the nitty gritty. Because I like worked really hard on trying to work out. For example, there was this piece I tried working out called Soul and Body, which was based on an Aristotelian principle of the soul and body. <laughs> Good luck saying that word. Is that the right way to say it? I think so, but I would not be able to say it. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, I, I was trying to make this piece work for six months. <laughs> six months. Every day for six months. And it never went anywhere. Not even a little. Didn't even budge. Like, Thanks. not an inch. Because I was so kept in my head. You know what I mean? My thoughts were my thoughts, and that means that's important to me. I'm going to put that into my music, but it's not working. I'm mad. You know what I mean? Like, it's my music, mm-hmm. right? This show helped me realize art is subjective. Like, art is art. It is not science. It is not history. It is not social studies, right? Politics, economics. It's nothing else other than art. And, like, that's a special thing, bro. And I said earlier, humans are intellectual people. Exercise that. Art is that way for me of exercising that intellectualism Mm -hmm. right and this show is like preaching to the choir i think about that it just goes to show that there is creativity like that out there there definitely is it's cool and it gets very frustrating when there's so much junk food well not even that of course there is so much junk food but there's also so much saturation of the greats that exists today and i can say that from a musical perspective Beethoven is the, I might venture to say, the most well-known composer of all time. Okay? Probably. At least in the Western world. Yeah. And. Definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. I swear to God, his music probably gets played hundreds of thousands of times worldwide in a year. Maybe not hundreds of thousands. Thousands, right? Mm. But that's way more than music you hear from a composer from 2018 who wrote a piece for like electronics and cello. You're not going to hear that other than once, probably, your entire life, maybe. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. The popular people keep getting this saturation. Star Wars, huge. Devs, tiny speck, right, in the public eye. I think we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. The acknowledgement of these things, at least, is very, very different, which just goes to show how society works, you know, when it comes to art. It's fascinating to me. It's very frustrating because I've heard of... It's frustrating to me too. It's just frustrating because how like, many people so out many there? Geniuses. How dude. many? Yes. How many people are out there that are just freaking brilliant? And no one cares. And no one is giving them the time of day. To I make know there are. And that's I think why it's a very personal thing for me because I am going through weirdly. Not that interesting... Alex Garland. Come on, he's he is. I mean, he's he, made like films that have been yes, viewed by men. Yes, he's in the upper echelon. He people know his name. It's not like he's a nobody. Sure, I'm not. I'm not really relating this directly to devs, but I'm relating it to like that mini culture that exists between a small amount of fans, a small amount of makers, art mm-hmm. makers. You know, of this very intellectual way of perceiving a piece of art. 
you know, it's like a special thing, right? Mm-hmm. This ability to do this podcast, right? Not a lot of people could do this, you know, because not a lot of people understand what we understand, which I is guess. cool. And it's like nice to have that. And it's again, but my point is so met so much art is lost. So much. We don't know how we are not even close to understanding how much art is out there well, because I mean, of how much we hear repeated over and over and over and over. And how many white men. Oh man, yeah, don't even give me. Don't even get me started. Try naming one African American composer. You can't. I, I love You can't. I love George Lucas. African composer, period. I love Ryan Johnson. I love Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of white dudes. Yeah, dude. I mean, you but know. But the fact of the matter is you probably can't name five female Bruh. film directors yeah. that have m- made, you know, over a certain level of box nah. office like you probably can't nah. yeah so how many and just in minorities how many black directors how many indian directors how many asian directors are we missing their vision and their genius and yeah. their brilliance because of the world that we live in right now we we had this exact conversation in my music theory class it's last, yesterday so upsetting <laughs> or last week yeah it is like okay you just watched you just started watching watching russian doll for example uh yeah majority of women working on that show the oh is it not just the director no it's cool. amy poehler Leslie oh yeah Kedlin, of course Natasha yeah yeah, yeah. Leon, amy poehler. yeah 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 a lot of the other writers on the show were women actresses it was, lots it was of actresses. Just, it was just a very w- female driven mm-hmm. show that show is great. Great. No it's not even just it. good. It's great. But no one knows about it. No, people knew about it. It had like a... It had, really? It, for a hot minute, it was like the show on I Netflix. never heard of it until you brought it up to me not two weeks ago. Oh, I told you about it when you were in school, but you were just too busy. Oh, okay. No, it had a, it had its moment in the sun. And uh-huh. people were like, yes. So now Leslie... Um, I think I'm saying her name right. Leslie Headland has been mm-hmm. supposedly tapped for sure. by Lucasfilm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. And no. Deborah Cho yep. has her own show for Lucasfilm. Like, okay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But see, they're going to be held up as examples. If their work is not exemplary mm. and yeah. perfection, it won't be good. People are going to be like, well, we gave this one woman this one chance and she didn't produce like the next um, most brilliant thing ever. So right, let's man. go back to white dudes now. Like, right. I. Yeah. Yeah. It's so unfair. Don't even get me started about film score composers, though. No, don't. You don't need to. That get is it. like worse. Although, <laughs> I'd say. Hilder. Yeah, but that's Oscar. one dog. I know, but you don't even understand how exciting that was. Of course, it's exciting, but there's one. I know it's sickening. It's right? sickening I mean, that she's the only woman that's ever won an Oscar. Of course, she's going to win the Oscar. She's the only one who could have won the Oscar. She was you know? brilliant. No other film scores were good. That's why she won the Oscar. Ooh, ouch. They weren't good. Look at the list. <laughs> Look at the list. I know. I was very pissed about a couple what? of them. Like, bro. And who didn't get nominated? Michael Abels didn't get nominated for us. What a joke. What a joke. Yep, a score that was completely, completely driven by African-American spiritual and hip-hop music. Gone. No one cared. And it got released in March, so no one totally... But have you realized that? 
Have you actually looked at, like, thought of that? Yeah. The whole score is driven by African-American spiritualism, if you think about it. I saw a live performance of the score. There was a black choir. Wait, I thought you saw... Or I saw Get Out. Get Out. But they're both kind of the same, right? We have, like, very similar kind of stylistic sounds in the vocals and, like... We have we have a uh, five on it or t- what is it five on it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know that was the whole driving force of the score, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it totally was. I mean, there was there was arrangements the and everything. Score, it was a big part of it. Tchaikovsky too. Anyway, don't get me started about him. how Michael Abels uh, was yeah. absolutely but, robbed. Uh, you know, it's just I, I don't want to go. You know, we're getting I think too social justice worried right now, but but <laughs> I think this all started for me saying how like there is so much given to the majority yes in art right now and in everything really. and everyone poops on the new stuff i think everybody don't even get me like musically co- compositionally speaking music written in like 2010 could you name a single piece written in the 2000s no you can't because everybody doesn't care. Because everybody's concerned with Beethoven and Mozart. Well, I honestly don't. And Bach. I, I don't have any exposure to it. Like, I don't well, seek that's, it out. But, but why don't you have exposure to that? It's because no one, no, everyone knows all the people who give you the exposure knows what people want. And they want what they've been hearing for 300 years. And, the- <laughs> and it's crazy. Think about that. 300 years. Even 400 when you talk about Bach. 400 years, bro. <laughs> and also, not to mention the music before that, there was Gregorian chant. There were there was music happening that I've never even heard of. Like world music history opened my eyes, man. I was like, this is something. This is stuff I've never heard. And thank God for my lessons too, because I would have no understanding of new music otherwise if I did not go to DePaul and have the lessons with the man I take lessons from, because he knows very much about new music. And it's just, it's so new to me. And so enlightening, and like I can breathe rather than running one five one, you know chords. Does he watch TV ever at all? Uh, he he watches movies actually. Have you? I've told him about Knives Out. Have you said? I don't There's think I a have. little show called Devs that you might want to be looking into. I actually got into a conversation with him at my last lesson though. We were talking about um. Oh yeah, this is totally relevant. Would he not I... love the score? Like this seems right up his alley. Oh man, don't he people in this in the field of work that he's in do not really appreciate film yeah, but scores this is for a, what they are this is not symphonic music this is weird no it doesn't stuff matter that he though likes. it doesn't really matter you don't think i think yeah i i don't think i mean but anyway this is not really having to do with the music actually this is having to do with a principle that the show talks about this is actually kind of cool so we were talking about determinism in music actually because I was, I'm working on this piece right now. I explained, right? I was working. I'm working on a piece about the Stroop effect, and there was a process I was trying to create with my material, my musical material, where I would roll a die, a six-sided die, and whatever number landed on the top, I would dedicate that number of eighth note, like like beats, every okay. every rhythmic cell, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like every time there was sound, there would be eight, six eighth notes rest. Maybe then four, rest, one, rest. That's called indeterminacy, okay? Because I am removing my ability to determine the order of things that you will hear, right? Makes sense. Yes. Right? John Cage was the kind of founding father, so to speak, of indeterminacy. You know, he wrote a piece called, for people who don't know, he wrote a piece called 433, which is literally you sit down 
you don't play anything for four minutes and 33 seconds. You get up and leave. That's the piece. <laughs> he was very into, very into philosophical music. That, that was his, that was his jam. And he developed this way of composing, which is iconic today. Like he's iconic today because of it. It was revolutionary. Right. So I had for the longest time, I've had a problem with that man and his method of indeterminacy. I'm like, you know, I'm a very open thinker and I just don't like his music. I just don't. I don't get it. I'm an intellectual, I like to say, and I just don't even appreciate it too much. It just seems lazy. And I know that's blasphemic. And my friends have very much scolded me for that. They hate me that I say that. Like, my composer friends don't want anything to do with me because of that. <laughs> so... This Outcast. show, I brought it up to him. He, Dr. Jones, I was telling him, that's my teacher, by the way. His, I call him Dr. Jones. His last name is Jones. Um, he Is he, in fact, Indiana Jones? No. <laughs> Dr. Jones? Darn it. No. Uh, but we were talking about that and how I was trying to use this process of indeterminacy. And he was like, okay, but you're kind of using it in a way that, what? What am I doing? You're knocking your glasses about on the table. Oh, I don't know if they can hear that. Yeah, they can. Oh, whatever. Sorry, guys. <laughs> My bad. You know. Um, okay. We were talking about it, and I told him. It was funny, because I was trying to use indeterminacy, even though I don't like it. I was just, I wanted to do it. I wanted to see how it worked out. If it worked, great. If it didn't, great. It wasn't working for me. And so I brought it up to him. I brought up this question. I was like, okay. Y'all call it indeterminacy, but really though, <laughs> and I was, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking of devs this whole lesson. I was like, I was in the devs mood and I was like, but it's not indeterminate though. It's already determined. Boom. Drop the mic. You know, I was like, that's my problem. What did with he him. say? And he kind of went on this, you know, he explains like, Okay, true, everything's predetermined, but the point of indeterminacy is that you remove yourself from the method of composition and that the dice dictates what is true. I see, doing. I get that. But I'm like, all right, but why is it called indeterminacy then? Just call it like external determinacy or something <laughs> like that. Because it's not indeterminate. You know what I mean? It's very determinate. True, yes. It's just not you determining it. It's it's like intellectual indeterminacy it's left to something like that yeah it's left to some other object to determine yeah. oh yes definitely something that's not intellectual i see what you're yeah. saying yeah i mean that seems very logical to me and you know these people are all about logic so it's like <laughs> well fix your beep <laughs> you know but um again this this show transcends man that's what i'm saying like it, it transcends the intellectual it the transcends the, uh, intellect everything yep. in my opinion it's very special in that way it i is. think we should wrap up though I well know we're very much over. i know i'm just yeah. sitting here letting you i'm sorry man it's passionate can i be cliff. passionate <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i like to hear you ramble about things do you really i do actually yes um yeah so anyway <laughs> yeah guys uh we'll probably you know what this was a good i think this was a good ending but i think next time we'll have more to talk about strictly devs related Yes. And we'll dive into philosophy, probably, religion, probably. We'll do our homework, I hope. Um, I hope to have a whole hero's journey. Yeah, sure. I'll have my list of five favorites, up. which I know everyone cares about. 
I want to know. I want to know right now as soon as we turn off the mic. <laughs> so I can I hit you with something that. and be like, no, wrong. I can't say that. Yeah, Walking Dead number one, bro. <laughs> Game of Thrones number two. Stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. We hope you have enjoyed this episode eight of Decoding Devs. I almost said Anonujans. Oops. Which, by the way, is our Star Wars podcast. If you want yeah, to say yeah, that. you didn't say that. Yeah. Um, but we hope you have enjoyed this very very long and winding road yeah, through man. this tv series yep whether you want to call it devs or whether you want to spoil it for everyone and call it deus please don't i would <laughs> yeah, don't appreciate do that. that i think alex garland would appreciate it if you did not do that yep um yep the biggest twist but we will be back for one more episode i'm thinking yeah just to pull it all together yay thank you so much for listening We'll see you for episode nine.